Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Hotline League. Raz and Mark have been trying to stop me from starting the show by talking over me every time I start to do the intro. Um, and so I already know this show is going to be incredibly off the rails, and I apologize. Now's a good time to stop listening and just click away. Okay. Uh, first off, shout out to Alienware and Grubhub for making the show happen. We love Alienware and Grubhub. Um, but first, let me introduce my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? It's going good. Um, I got a new Alienware headset, thanks to you. I'm oh, yeah. I'm it right now. Nice. Look at this. I can unplug everything, and it still works, because it's a wireless Bluetooth headset, and I've Wait. been enjoying it while cooking. I took a meeting. Raz saw it. Everyone saw me in the kitchen really? chefing it up over the weekend, thanks really? to this bad boy. So really? You bring, you bring the, la the Alienware laptop with you into the kitchen, and you just take your meeting from there? Yeah, I'm good. I, I do it all the time. Um, sure I also watched House of the Dragon episode one. The showrunners are fucking on one when they talk about it being more like woman friendly. Or oh, they're it's not? Not, <laughs> not at all, dude. <laughs> no. I don't want to spoil because Travis yeah, is like no spoilers. all spoilers, but like basically every woman character in the first episode just gets like screwed over and you're like, okay, nice, that's a huge spoiler. That's like a giant plot spoiler. I apologize uh, to everybody who's episode listening. Episode one. That's not a plot spoiler. I didn't say what happened. You literally... That, okay. Anyway. Hey, guess what? In Game of Thrones, some characters die, too. Can you believe it? Travis is a bit louder than the other two. Okay, I will turn myself down. And I'll turn them up. Uh, sorry, we didn't do an audio check. That's Consider that a trigger warning for all my people out there who saw those interviews by the showrunners and director and stuff about how it's more woman-friendly, and I'm telling you, it's bullshit. That's fucking hilarious. Well, anyway. All right. I, I'm prioritizing that yeah a good good answer anyway i feel like they need to say that okay so mark you've been watching that anything else been oh going she hulk on? is fucking awesome oh I, I tried to get kobe to watch that and we haven't yet so I, I in the car that morning ashley was like oh she hulk came out and i was like i don't give a fuck about that character i'm gonna Man. play genshin during it and then like within 10 minutes of it being on i was just afk and genshin watching the screen it's really good okay. oh that's good i'm excited for that yeah, yeah it's actually really good okay cool well Good to know. Uh, next up, we got Raz, our guest for the week. How's it going, Raz? It's going pretty well. Let's just say I have a pretty packed week. <laughs> you do? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I did like an eight-hour shoot, which is one thing. So for what? Look out for, for Riot? For Riot. So you'll okay. see what it looks like. Um, then tomorrow, I have a G4 thing. And then Wednesday meetings. Actually, I, I have a cast for, I think, Jump King on Wednesday. And Thursday through Sunday is just full on playoffs, so gotcha. it's it's about that time. Yeah, no, I mean it is. It's getting it's getting heavy. There's a lot of stuff going on. I will I will admit that. I feel bad for the Genshin show because uh, I've been Mark has been annoyed with me because I've not been playing as much Genshin as I was at the start of the summer when oh, I was I not doing anything. But Sumeru comes out tomorrow, buddy. I know, I know, I know. Are we going to do the show? Actually, that's a really good... We, did, we never figured out if we're doing the Genshin show tomorrow on top of Sumeru, or... I think we should wait till Wednesday. I think we should wait till Wednesday, and I'll just be, like, a little late. Okay. Holy shit, Raz, you said, <laughs> right? What happened, man? Oh, Jesus, I'm trying to work my lights here. This is streamer technology that I'm not good with. My God. Okay, anyway... Uh, Good to hear that you've got a busy schedule, Raz, and I'm happy for you. Productivity always feels nice. There we go. Uh, you're on a G4 show that I am also sometimes on, and uh, it's funny because David, the TikToker, 
We need to figure out. I need to figure out how to pronounce his name. He, Shinock. Uh, what's that? Shinock. Shinock. Oh, I thought you had problems pronouncing David. I was like, you just did yeah. it. David. 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 David? My, my boy David. Yeah. Is uh, the V silent? David. He... <laughs> oh, he was. David. He discovered randomly <laughs> that there's a G4 LCS show. Um, yes. That, that's been happening all split long. And uh, oh yeah, you didn't know. No, I know because they pay me because some of my interviews are on that show sometimes. Yeah. So it's a thing that's been going out throughout the entire year, but for people who are like, where the hell is it? It's on the TV. whole year or just a split? Uh, I thought it was just a split. Uh, yeah, split. You're right. Okay. It is full split. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just on TV on uh, G4's, I forget what it's called. Yeah. Right. Yeah. On G4. And it's apparently on TV, it's on one of their more successful shows. So yeah. thumbs up for that one. Fantastic. We love the LCS. Okay. Um, so what is tonight going to be? Okay, tonight's going to be open lines. Uh, we don't have uh, anybody on par in particular of any importance on the show, so we're just going to be uh, taking general calls. This is and, disgusting. <laughs> and so we could talk about playoffs. We could talk about if if there is anybody who feels like talking about tickets for Worlds, please put your take in. And then let me know if Mark doesn't pull anybody at the end of the show. I probably won't. Did. You won't? Nope. Never. Why? Not me. Because you're a riot shill? Yeah, because riot does nothing wrong. Oh, yeah. my I God. I think that's correct, actually. We I better. You better I'm, if, if, if you're not planning on pulling any, let me know because I will talk about it right now. Because it's very disappointing. Um, no, you're going you're gonna, to. You're gonna, everyone's going to tune out if you do that. Let's save it for a little bit into the show. Okay, okay. Um. <laughs> Get, keep that retention rate oh, up. Oh, is that Mac? Game? Mac, one of the greatest hosts of all time, a.k.a. the host of the LCO in the chat. Just wanted to make that call out. We have... What else? Uh, what else has happened in the past week? Team Liquid Stomp FlyQuest. Uh, CLG C9 happened. Um, there was some international stuff that we're not going to cover here. Um, you mean the LEC sales stuff? LEC, but also like uh, the T1 series. And then uh, uh, doing be making the run from LNG side. Oh, his so pop-off was so awesome looking. Yeah. I um, one thing that's been a huge discussion right now is also the Worlds format. Uh, the ton of people, like there's that, that thread that was one of the most popular in the past week was uh, about Val having double limb and Worlds not. I'm Which, so tired, man. It's, it's going to be so crazy. So last year... Uh, they did when they did um, the media thing where you, you talk to John Needham and Nas who uh, run Riot Esports and League Esports respectively. All the media just from every region were just like, hey, the format sucks. When are you guys going to change it? The format sucks. When are you going to change it? And they're like, we sh we'll, we're looking to evolve it soon. And then they just didn't do anything. And, uh, and so I'm just excited for that media event again. Because I just, I, it's just going to be all the media being like, okay, a year ago, you said you were going to change the format and, or look into it. How did you look into it? Um, so that's, I'm just <laughs> looking forward to that bloodbath. It's going to be hilarious Yeah, I just um, because it was, it was pretty I, crazy last year. I think there's always going to be a reason for choosing one, you know, format over the other. Yeah. The worst thing is if the community is actively calling on ev literally on every form of media and the analysts saying in every form of media that we want to double like a double limb and then if they if they i mean 
it's going to happen where it's a single limb. I don't know personally, but just looking at the schedule, it doesn't make sense for there to be a double. Yeah, no, it is single limb. Sense. So it's single limb. I was like, please address it. I would love to hear that address rather than we're looking into it for next year. Okay, you said that last year. What happened? I, it just pisses me off. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know? It's more I, broadcast hours and stuff too. And I think it's also pretty, it's like, it would be better if they did it too because it's kind of, somebody was talking about how it is a really weird feeling where you've got like a shit ton of worlds and then it, you get to a point where you're just waiting entire weeks for like three matches essentially. Like three matches occur over two weeks. Yeah, so between kind of yeah. The, the, the stall out between quarters to semis where you go from four matches a week down to two and then the stall out from semis to finals where like you wait a week for one best of five feels yeah. really weird to, yeah. compared to tournaments. And like... The funny thing is, whenever you bring this up, people are like, yeah, but wouldn't that add a lot more games? It's like, well, you're not just going to staple, you know, double Elim onto the existing tournament format. Obviously, you're going to re rejigger it some other ways, too. Yeah. I don't think anyone's just asking for just, like, just take the current thing and just add a lower bracket to it. Like, I, I don't think... like I'd be down there's for the more, current thing with a lower bracket. I mean, there's a lot more logistics changes that has to go on. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not that simple as, like, staple on because about, like, how are you going to produce it? The broadcast hours, like, you're talking about, you know, like, all those things. But, like, that it's not unsolvable. You just yeah. have to... Yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. I want them to address it because I can understand the current logistics being, like, really difficult behind the scenes. It's already pretty difficult for the people in production and all these things, right? So, like, I can understand that it's harder. A, I want it to be like communicated and b yes you can add a double limb without it having to be in the current system you can just change it um it's one of those things where they literally changed msi format to include like rumble stage and all these things which is more single limb which i mean i hate single uh, i mean best of one group more stage, group stages like, baby it's like yeah i hate that a lot but like they made these changes um pretty quickly and i feel like making a change is not an issue saying oh yeah we don't want to make a change i mean they did that it's just that they are not making this change, and I would love to know why. <laughs> That's it. And right, I, I, the reason why I can, like, I'm even asking is because other publishers, like, are really awful with communicating. Like, whenever, like, when I play Capcom games, I know that Capcom's really bad at communicating their changes when it comes to patch notes or communicating their thoughts or whenever there's, like, anything around esports related. Like, Nintendo is, like, completely hands off, unless, until they are. Marvel's really bad when it comes to communicating certain things and are really bad in terms of their relationships with TOs. Like, so Riot has been, a t has been an org that is much better at communicating their thought process and all of the above. But for whatever reason, this one, they're like, no, we're hands off. You and say I, that, I feel like their esports team, I mean, we'll talk about it with the ticket stuff. I, Mark doesn't yeah. want me to start yet, but like, I actually feel like the esports side, they don't communicate like the rest of the company. Um, and you've seen that uh, time and time again. Like they did a great job of communicating around the MSI technology stuff after it became a huge scandal where they had to like remake games, right? Whereas like normally that's the type of thing where I think they would have been more proactive in communicating it. So I, I've always, I mean, at least in recent years, I felt like esports does not match the rest of the company when it comes to proactive communication. Anyway, we can just talk through all this stuff forever. So let's actually start taking some calls. True. Um, but yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about. We got obviously four. Do you, hey, everyone in the chat, did you guys know? Did you guys know that there's actually four broadcast days this week that games start on Thursday? I bet you nobody. I bet you the vast majority of LCS viewers don't don't realize that. Um, but yeah, games start on Thursday. So 
Thursday the through vast Sunday. majority of LCS viewers, you know, you know what they're doing. They're just chilling in the chat every day. Games don't come at a certain time. They're peacing out. But the games are there. They're watching every single one of them. We have permanently two million viewers just chilling <laughs> in the chat. Yes, please. I know. It's, yes, please come in Thursday. <laughs> please watch the games. Oh, God. And then the Academy people show up in the chat. Kelsey and Papa Smithy, and they're like, actually, Travis, it's seven straight days because there's some Academy stuff happening. Academy so, isn't... No, I won't say that. That's mean. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, no. I was just saying stuff to stir the pot, but I don't even believe it, so I won't say it. Okay. You better. The uh, I'll get the first caller. Okay, cool. Off Mark goes. Uh, shout out to some people who subbed, starting with... Trethan, uh, Amluk, uh, Thiggity Thor, Avajo, George Zulu, uh, Numi Goes Rar, Filth Monk, Burn It With Fire, uh, Wild, Seven, I Love You Chat for 56 months, my God, Nor of the Four, Mama's Cupcakes, Shauna Tonin for four years, my God, Bruce Wade, Dasher, by the way, oh, there's Mark. Okay, speaking of Sean, I literally just shouted him out. Congrats. Thank you for the four years, Sean Atonin. Uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York. And I'm going to turn you up a little bit because you're a little quiet. But um, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, I think that given CLG's form that we saw against C9, we they will do the uh, gauntlet run and make it all the way to finals. All the way to oh. finals? Ooh. How can you say that after they just lost? Uh, you know, I, I, you know, maybe you can call a little copium, hopium. I really believe uh, in what they showed. I, I actually feel like they should have won the series, even just a game prior. Like, a, you know, it should have been a 3-1 in their favor. Uh, outside of that, you know, the Baron that kind of turned it around for Cloud9 in that one game. Uh, but I also just think that their style of play uh, is not something that really matches up against anyone outside of possibly C9 and EG. Okay, See, I like so this take, take and, the... hey, Travis, just putting this to you. You know, uh, I think it was 2020 summer, want to say. Who was the champion of the LCS? 2020 summer? Yeah, I think it was TSM. I'm just going to say it was TSM. Yes. Because, yeah. And they were the ones that made that run in the lower bracket. EDG are world champions. When they won world champions, they made their run in the lower bracket in the LPL. Uh, hey, you learn, you adapt, you get better, and you come back stronger. Here's and the in thing. some ways, I think EG also did in spring, if I'm not mistaken. So I... Okay. In the lower bracket right now, we have FlyQuest, TSM, CLG, and Golden Guardians. I'm actually not worried about CLG uh, in against those three but soon we will have two teams out of eg c900 t and team liquid two of those teams will enter the lower bracket and that's where i am worried for clg uh yeah clg because... takes down gg their first their next opponent's the loser of 100 thieves tl yeah yeah so uh i don't think clg could beat 100 thieves or tl i guess is the best way that i would I would say I disagree with your take because I think those teams have just shown that they're a step above CLG, but maybe Raz or Mark disagree with me. So hit it, Raz. What do you think? Oh, sure. You're going to me. Okay. So even though I made that defense, 
Yeah, you lowered your glasses dramatically, so I felt like True. it was a... Uh... Uh, so I think if they were facing the loser of EGC9, aka C9, yes, I would actually, in this time, favor them. But they're going up against 100 TL, and I think both of those teams are shoe-ins. So I actually would um, go against them here. I don't think they make the run. Um, I'm also somewhat anti-run, but I will say one of the things... I was asking other people this. I don't know if chat agrees or the other people on, on the show, but like... This was one of the best outcomes you could have hoped for in a loss for CLG, where they could have won game three, they could have won game five, they were in winning positions for both, they did end up throwing them. But like, I think coming in, there's a big concern that they were not fraudulent, but like that you had a good you had a good regular season, you're probably not gonna be that good in the postseason and pushing, pushing C9 to, to five games and maybe should have win. Like, I think even though they didn't take the series, cemented that like they are a good team, um, they'll beat, Obviously, Golden Guardians, in my opinion. Um, and then the question is, can they beat any of the other teams that are going to end up in the lower bracket? I could see them, if they go up against C- they Can they go up against C9 again, or do they need to beat no. someone else before they get they there? Cannot. Yeah, because it, it put them into opposite sides. Shit. Yeah. So, like, I think Oof. if they were on the opposite side, they could make a deeper run. And to be honest, they were always a team that was aiming for Worlds. Like, their players specifically have talked about the fact that they want to be a top three team, and these are the top threes that they have to be able to deal with which is eg 100 thieves and team liquid uh so the losers they should be able to beat them if they are like just you know talking directly to their goals but i don't think they're there yet and i think um specifically the tls literally looking better and the weakness that they had actually was around their mid-game team fighting and specifically i think getting caught off hansama wasn't playing too well during the regular season um to what we were expecting him and he literally just styled the last series. So I actually think Team Liquid's 10 times better than they were a lot since we last saw them. And yeah, 100 Thieves are looking great. So tough. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they're going to get a little screwed in the bracket. I feel like I'm not convinced that C9, like if, if you play that best of five multiple times, is actually the better team. Uh, there was the red side selection to start the series out, which, you know, ended up being blue side won every game. <laughs> so that was a bit of a int in hindsight. And then there were the, the two other throws that they had in the game three and game five. So, like, if you play that series out multiple times as, like, the meta of playoffs is better understood, does it continue to go in, more in CLG's favor? Like, maybe. And to that point about the bracket now that they're guaranteed to play 100 Thieves and TL, I don't think they're better than and either of those teams. But, like, funnily enough, if they just played, like, TL first and they just get slammed, then they're in a better position. Because <laughs> I could see them yeah. then beating C9 in the lower bracket after they lose to EG. So like, funnily enough, I, I'm like, FlyQuest is it? Maybe, maybe they're, the, they're the one to like consider. Cause yeah, I just feel like running into 100 Thieves and TL in the lower bracket, that early is a bit of a buzzsaw. Yeah, I will say, I'll give the CLG some credit here in saying that like during the regular season, they literally beat, um, oh yeah, TL and I think in the second round Robin. Like yeah. they, they performed really well to be able to do that. So it's saying they can't do it again. A surprise can always happen. So I think I mean, I agree. a possibility. I think there's a high chance they can take a single game off of Team Liquid again. <laughs> uh, I worry a little bit more about three. I guess oh, yeah, three's not it. happening. Yeah. So, I don't know. I and I, By the way, like, to Mark's point, it is very cool that, like, they had the five games and it went close and all that stuff. But I also feel really sad because I actually think the CLG narrative and those players and everything, they were really exciting and i feel like it's going to become very forgettable if they just like bomb out 
two best of fives from now. You know what I mean? Like I, I wish that they were able to like push further and like even, I don't know, even if they were like the so. team that didn't make it or something to, yeah, it's just tough. I think people will get a little deflated, maybe less, you know, a little flaccid. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, but like, <laughs> but remember like bring split, they were one of the worst teams made only one change, but even regardless of that change, I think if Jenkins still playing, they, they are still a top five team. Like to me, clearly they're, their positives are more around their coaching staffs uh, and also the mentality of the players. Like, they're incredibly confident players that made a lot of, um, I think, uh, sacrifice uh, uh, to get to where they are right now. So I, I think people should continue to be excited. Um, if they, let's say if they lose out, they burn out 0-3 versus any of these teams um, and they go into next year. I have confidence that CLG will keep either the full team or makes like one change even if it is like coaching just like slight changes which is always a positive um i have a lot of confidence in this one that, this that's the most a, confidence i've had, ever had in them that's where i was about to go is like the, the travis angle where of like oh he always wants teams to stay together i think there's a question of like you know i don't think this clg team has necessarily hit their peak like they could maybe get better and be solidly top four top three next year depending on what what happens so like uh yeah yeah i think uh, even if they do bust her out a little bit, beat Golden Guardians, lose to TL 100 Thieves, that it's still a yeah. good year. Shout out I think Conan. they should keep the team. I, uh, I think that we can all agree with you. Uh, CLG's basically already dead. We are mourning, <laughs> essentially, their run already. And uh, we just hope that these five players stay together because it was nice watching them. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a good run. I just hope they make C TL poop their pants in the lower bracket. Like yep. that's make it go to five, get a two game lead or something. You know, like honestly, that's a really scared. good point. I think that would be really good because if you you want if Team Liquid beats them, you want Team Liquid to be like, oh fuck, we like learned all this stuff about us. We got pushed to five games. Like they will be stronger for having gone to a crazy five game series against CLG. I think it'll be really a bit of a bummer if like. CLG just three O's Golden Guardians and then Team Liquid just three O's CLG yeah, and it's like, yeah. okay, cool, I guess. Yeah, and <laughs> that was by fun. the way, some people in chat are talking crazy here about Luger. Luger is legitimately a top five eighty carry in the region in in rising. Like he fucking hard carried them in spring, even with their through their th poor performances. If they won it was through him. And then later on he's like the flexibility that he has on like picking enchanters, of course, when it makes sense. Or to going on being a hyper carry and like being the fucking carry that he is yes he is really good you should keep him like if they if if he is not on that team because of the community's knee-jerk reaction like but he took wild. ghost cleanse Raz. <laughs> how good can he be if he takes that's, ghost cleanse the man has the balls the size of my fucking house <laughs> like, just, <I> <laughs> He has the balls the size of Hassan's mansion. <laughs> oh you know, we God. try to run a classy show here, people. And, uh... I love All it, right. so it's fine. Anyway, uh, thank you, Sean, for the call. I don't, Sean, I don't know if there's any rebuttal you want to give us before I give you your shout-outs. No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, just I'll expect a call on here when uh, CLG makes it to finals, so it'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Did you? Sorry, you think they're going to make it to finals? Do you think they're going to win? Uh, that that is a coin toss for me because I, I, you... I, it's EG versus CLG in my head, and you think it's a uh, coin? 
Just to be clear, you're saying you think it's a coin toss between CLG and EG on who will win summer. Sean, are, are you going to finals? Are you going to Chicago? Uh, I'm trying to, yeah. Well, I hope you're there for our live hotline league um, decked out in your CLG merch when they're nowhere to be found at finals weekend. It's going to be great. <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be even better when CLG are at group stage at Worlds in their own home stadium, and they're rocking those Knicks jerseys. It's so. not a state; they don't get the stadium. Sadly, I don't know if you know that. Some people have missed out on that. They get the sidebar. Yeah, they get the kiddie pool. They oh the, yeah, let's go. They get the theater, unfortunately. <laughs> um, no, anyway, yeah, I was at the I was at Spring Finals for y'all's Hotline League, and so that was fun. But yeah, uh, I remember. Appreciate yeah. y'all. Appreciate y'all so taking my call. Yeah, uh, anything you want to shout out? Shout out to Alienware, obviously, um, and all your sponsors, obviously. Shout out to uh, Rad, Rise Above uh, Disorder, great uh, organization. And shout out to all of the amateur and collegiate uh, people in chat because uh, you should go watch those Bestifies and Proving Grounds because that's where people like contracts and all those guys and, you know, Danny all started and JoJo. So go, go see next uh, year's talent today. Yeah. I also really like Rad. I think Rad is super great. I can think of nothing that even sounds like Rad that is Absolutely as cool not. as Rad. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Sean, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya. All right. We can do one more call before we take a break if we uh, if we want to go. Well, Mark's already off. Okay. Shout out I'm to... I'm excited for the future of Academy. You know, the finalists, Dignitas, with the LCS prospects of Gamsu, Neo, Insanity. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, they're killing it right now. They're having a good one. Trethan is here. Trethan, who also just subbed and has a very... I, 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 if it's the take that I saw earlier, I see there's a lot of <laughs> negative emojis in the chat. It's Mark pulling the Mark intentionally pulling the one with the most negative emojis or reactions or whatever on 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 chat. Okay, so Trethan, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Jersey City, New Jersey. From Jersey City, New Jersey. Um, yes, so yes. would you be the type of person who would just? I just is just a general question, unrelated. I don't even know what your topic is. Would you be the type of person that would not have to travel very far to go to Worlds if you wanted to go to the games in New York? No, taking about twenty minutes via train. Okay, okay. So, what is your take, Trethan? I think the ticket release schedule is actually fine. IDK, why Travis is mad about it? I'm quoting from what I wrote on Discord. Your, uh, sorry, Typical dude. Travis, just a big baby, just mad, mad, mad. Slowbro in chat says trash take from a trash city, which <laughs> I think. Uh, you incredible. know, Jersey City isn't the most expensive rent in the country for a reason, you know, not trash, uh, quoting New York Times here, you know. Okay, so, Trethan, okay, okay, so, so, do you have, you want to expound upon your take that I am, uh, overdramatic around the ticket stuff? Um, yeah, I think this Worlds is logistically probably one of the harder tournaments to plan, considering it's happening in multiple countries uh especially during a pandemic uh as well as various different uh covid travel precautions and everything else so i don't really understand why the whole ticket thing is that big deal uh for a lot of people 
you know, like tickets will be available. Uh, that's about it. All right. Uh, Raz, before I jump in, uh, what, what are your, what's your take on the ticket situation? And I, I guess how clued in are you? Maybe I should, I should expand this. I actually am not clued in. You should talk first. Okay. Actually. So here's, uh, what happened. So, uh, I was a little frustrated earlier this week because one, I felt like they had released the dates for worlds pretty late mm-hmm. when they released them. It became clear that part of that might have been like the part of the delay might have been because of the Toronto switch to Atlanta because they announced yeah. it at the same time. Yeah. But I was also frustrated because I was like, hey, tickets are not on sale. And this event is starting in like a month, essentially. I think at the time it was like 36 days or something. I tweeted it. Yeah. And I was like, that's not very reasonable. Uh, basically, every major event you can buy, like be it a convention or a concert or sporting events, you can buy tickets for it way, way, way far in advance. So I was pretty frustrated about that. Um, and then the very next day, coincidentally, I promise I did not know, um, okay. they released, they announced the, the dates on which you can buy the tickets and you can buy the tickets starting September 8th, which is, if you want to go to play-ins, which I don't know, you know, obviously I think probably a lot of the viewers of the show are not going to go to, but that's about, I think, two or three weeks before play-ins. Yeah. And then it is, I believe, less than a month. Maybe it's exactly one month from the start of groups. Um, the 8th to the 8th, maybe. So, uh, yeah, I... No, I think it starts on the 7th. So it's less than a month. It's less than a month from the start of groups if you want to buy tickets. And then if you want to go to finals, um, those tickets don't go on sale until the end of September. So, again, you're looking at just a little bit over a month in order to buy tickets for finals. Um so it's a it's a very different way to sell tickets than a lot of other major events do and i will get into why i think it's an issue but i what are you what's your immediate reaction raz Mm, just gut feeling yeah i think any ordinary person would want a large enough heads up because any job uh, the jobs that i've worked at like just putting on the table i've worked at like a fitness facility, which is uh, hilarious and ironic with how scrawny my ass is, but I was a desk person. And then I also worked at Starbucks. Like you need to kind of give a large enough heads up, which is like honestly a month. But so like the, the plans one is pretty unfortunate. I know the viewers, as you mentioned, is not going to be too concerned about that, but like people who are literally living in Mexico or in the surrounding area that can make it would love to be able to go. So yeah, definitely larger heads up would be nice. I can understand the circumstances. I think the one around Toronto makes sense, as sad as it is. Um, but And also, if you trickle information, then that kind of stirs a hive. So you'd want to have everything set before you get everything out there. So I'm sure the caller has a good point. Um, and I'm sh- if it was only this year, then I think that I would understand and I would be on the caller side. But I think this happens pretty often. Yes. Gut feeling. Yes. Yes, it does. Mark, any thoughts on this? Or are you trying to make I sure just you get? I see why more people don't just work in esports and like get the tickets through connections or for free for okay, working. So the Mark event. is trying to. It seems so much easier that way. Mark is trying to, to secure his it. own way to worlds right now, or uh, by avoiding saying anything about this. <laughs> I could tell that the casting assignments have not got out for worlds yet because Mark is making a hard dodge on this. Okay, <laughs> so. 
here's what I'm thinking about doing a separate video for this. So I guess actually this is probably a good time because I I'm planning on doing a separate video about this, and so I asked Riot for comments. So I will air I will I will list Riot's comment here. I will also put it into uh, the video that I will probably eventually do about this. I want to do it today. It keeps getting pushed. Um, the statement that I got is from Riot Games. We want fans to have amazing esports experiences, whether they are visiting one of our studios, a regional final, or a stage of Worlds. Having the time to plan and coordinate those visits is part of that experience, and we're committed to improving our process to unlock longer lead times for ticket purchasing going forward. So that's okay. the official right statement that I asked for, and they sent me uh, because I'm, again, planning on doing something around this. But the short version of the video I will eventually make is like, like, Trethan, I understand you live in Jersey City, which may be an amazing city despite what Twitch people say. But I'm guessing you would probably mostly like to go to the New York shows if that is what is happening uh, or if that's what you want to go to. And so for you, it sounds like it's probably not that much of a pain in the ass. However, I tend to think of the people who perhaps are in college and don't have that much money. And San Francisco is a very expensive city. New York, incredibly expensive city. If anybody knows how to get discounts on Marriott hotels, that's what I've spent most of today trying to figure out. Um, and, and so I live for, right near a super eight motel next to the Holland tunnel. Do you want to try that? Uh, possibly it might get to that point. Uh, I will All let right. you know, um, if you know anybody that works there, maybe we'll get the discount I'm trying to find someplace close. Uh, anyway, so for a lot of people, this might be like the one thing because they're huge esports fans that they are going to do this entire year. So they're going to take their entire vacation budget and spend it going to New York or Atlanta or San Francisco. And it is pretty shitty that those people either have to book now where prices I think have probably already started to go up for a lot of the stuff. I mean, a lot of the hotels I'm looking at are already sold out at least for parts of groups in New York. Um, or they have to wait so they could buy the ticket in advance and hope or they can buy the plane ticket and the hotel stuff in advance and hope that um they get the ticket which like it's oftentimes very hard because of scalpers and all that type of stuff yeah. or, and they and right has not said what the prices of the tickets are right now so if you're trying to budget you know it's pretty tough or you can yolo it wait till you get the tickets and hope that like flights and all that stuff will not have increased too much and while i think Flight prices might be coming down a little bit from where they were at the start of the summer when fuel was incredibly high. It is still a very expensive time right now to be trying to travel. Uh, like everything's pretty slammed. So my main point that I will talk about again in this video later on is that Riot tries to be very player focused. And I know people tend to meme that stuff, but to Raz's point earlier, like Riot is usually very good about communicating stuff. And part of that is, I think, because they do believe, honestly, a lot of the people at that company that they want to do right by the players. Mm -hmm. And this is a weird situation where they are like, I, I think oftentimes that philosophy comes into or feels hypocritical whenever you see people, whenever you see like an announcement from Riot that's like, hey, we're going to raise the cost of RP or we're going to do this other thing that, you know, we're going to create something that's more expensive. This is not even a situation where like there's a financial incentive for Riot to release this information later. It is just a situation where they are like making it more difficult and more expensive for fans to engage with their sport and giving them like ludicrous timeline issues on this stuff. 
Um, and so I don't feel like that is very player-focused. Now, to Trethan's point, uh, Trethan, you mentioned that, uh, like, okay, it's been a complicated year, we're coming out of the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. One, I would buy that a little bit more if this was the only time Riot has had this issue. But I can go back and find tweets and videos that I've made forever ago that are talking about this stuff, like where LCS venues don't get announced in time, or they say Worlds is happening in Korea, but it's like two or three months before the event started. We don't know where the stops are or any of the details or tickets get sold late or anything like that. So like this has been an issue forever and they have been saying forever that they're going to work on it. And so it's like pretty hard for me to like continue to take their word for it whenever they consistently have these issues. Um, and the other thing that is like pretty weird is uh, like I get why maybe you delay the announcing of dates if you're trying to figure out how to move from Toronto to Atlanta. And I am not an events person, but like they now know where when the dates are like for this event. Yeah. It is bizarre to me that we have to wait so long for tickets to go on sale. And I do think that I, I have a hard time giving Riot the pass on that. It's hard to know why we would have to wait so far on this. So I don't know. I just think it's it's pretty disappointing. Um, to speak and, on and, this, like, once again. Oh, keep going. No, go for it. Because, um, like, thinking about it a little bit more, once again, I'm, as you can already tell from, like, the critiques I had in the format, like, I don't really care. Um, I... I think for the past few years, it's been tough because of COVID, specifically the fact that we have to constantly go back to Reykjavik, uh, the initial goal of going to China. No, just kidding. We're back to Iceland again. Um, yeah, it's going to be really tough. So I'm, ex I'm assuming that, but this goes back to communication. I, I think they should, even if I suspect it is because of COVID, simply because of the uh, move from Canada to Atlanta, I still think sh they should be able to mention it because then you're just letting people, their mind go a little wild. Like for me, I'm not sure. Um, of course, I just heard about it, but I would at least like I or, I'm thinking immediately about the fact that it's because it's, it's difficult because of COVID securing it. But I would love for the explanation to be said. That's about it. Yeah. I think for the most part, people are willing to forgive most things, especially because of the times that we're living in the past few years, if they're straightforward with it. So that's one thing that I would like to be changed. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. It is like I was very surprised when the the post went up and it feels very sterile is maybe the best word for it. Like normally riot tries to over communicate. They will apologize. They will like basically try to explain why something is. And in this situation, it's just like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Tickets, tickets, uh, September 8th. Don't worry. September 8th. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's very much just out there without any kind of explanation. I mean, I'm glad they gave me the statement. I don't want to act as though they're just trying to ignore it, but uh, I think it's pretty disappointing. Um, two two quick things in the chat that I will mention, and then Trethan can tell me why I'm an idiot. But uh, XZ Reaper says, God, this is a boring topic. I get it, because a lot of you are not probably planning on going to Worlds, and so this topic is not relevant to you. But like, I, it is actually very relevant to a lot of people. And that is part of the reason why I want to raise it is because I think it's one of those issues that flies under the radar very easily because it just fucks over like the most passionate fans who want to go to an event and need to and maybe are not in Jersey City 20 minutes away. Um, and so that's why I think it's really important to talk about. And then there was another person who said something. Oh, 
Bags69, great name, said, why are you expecting something different? And I think part of the reason why I'm expecting something different, even though they've had this issue time and time again, is because generally speaking, I do expect Riot to like grow and learn. Um, and I do think that they honestly care. And so whenever they just drop the ball, like this is probably one of the longest standing ball drops uh, from them. That's probably not the best way to phrase that. Anyway, they've been <laughs> dropping this ball for a very long time. And, that ball just uh, keep <laughs> and, uh, and I think that that's been very frustrating. So that is, that is, that's what's up. All like right, the Trethan. The imagery has gone on long for me. Trethan, I've ranted for a long time, but anything that you think is wrong here? Uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like with everything going on, like the most passionate fans that would be going to these events, I feel like would almost be what could be described as like whales where they would travel very far distances and spend like, you know, I'm using a gotcha game term here uh, to just spend all that money on every single ticket at the event. I don't know if there's like statistics on that, but I feel like a lot of the areas like in Mexico city or uh, Atlanta, what was Toronto would just all be very region based almost. And, you know, many won't be flying out long distances where that would be it's not like i don't think any would be flying from los angeles to go see quarters i think so, so maybe quarters but maybe san francisco and i think the other thing is like you ca you better hope there are people that are traveling to the stuff because otherwise like i don't know how they're going to fill out that theater over and over and over again in new york for like 16 days in like a 20-day period and you better hope people are flying to san francisco because i don't think that you can fill all of Chase Center plus some floor seats with uh, just people from the Bay Area so, that are interested in league esports. I think they'll sell out, but that's not. I'm the not point. saying they won't sell out. I'm just yeah, saying no, you better hope well, people will travel. Yeah. Them. So my point is that that's not the conversation. The conversation is that these places won't sell it, sell out. The conversation is like, how accessible is these tickets? Because I have friends now. It doesn't really matter here uh, since Toronto is no longer on the ticket. I wanted to, that were in Canada and wanted to be able to go there in Toronto. And so it impacts them. It impacts like just regular average people that have a job that, you know, have to save up money or be able to have uh, something, you know, put something on the schedule so they at least have something that they are looking towards. Um, so saving up money, being able to put that time off at work, which is really difficult depending on the job that you're on. And so you need to have a big enough heads up. And if you don't have that heads up and if you're expected to get an Basically, you either have two options. You get the hotel, the flights, and you pray to God that you get the fucking tickets. Or you wait until the tickets come out, and then you pay out of your ass to get the two that you're looking for. And that shouldn't be the options that you have. That's basically it. Trethan, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we move on? Uh, uh, this is the Brooklyn Nets year. Uh, we will win the NBA championship, and I see no problems with this offseason in the NBA. That is it. I love you so much. <laughs> Have a good night. Have a good one. Thanks for the call. We'll catch you later. Oh, I love uh, that color. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a quick break to talk about Alienware. Uh, Mark right now is sporting, if he sits up a little bit, we don't know if he will. He's sporting the new Alienware headset. Oh, he's turning his head. This is the 920H. He's using the Lunar Light model. Uh, which is a tri-mode wireless gaming headset. 
Uh, this is something that they released earlier this year. It has a Dolby Atmos active noise canceling and verse, uh, versatile connection options. So it's a really nice headset uh, that you guys can check out. It's available at Alienware.com slash Travis. If you do decide to purchase it, please, please, please use Alienware.com slash Travis, that link, um, so that you can uh, make sure that a, a portion of your sale ends up helping to fund, quite frankly, my world's coverage because... Again, as I've said, New York is very expensive. So uh, please please check out the, the headset and other things at alienware.com slash Travis. That URL is what allows them to know that I'm doing this. Adblocker sometimes breaks it because it's trying to make sure that it knows. It's a URL that's like being like, oh, you know, sending you to the Alienware page is a referral for me. And sometimes uh, the ad blockers break it. So if that does happen, you know, maybe try it without the ad blocker. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much to Alienware for making this happen. I think we've been having a little bit of an issue with the code. Uh, so uh, just a heads up that we're working on getting that fixed. So thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. And we will catch you all next time. Mark, you want to grab the next caller? Off you like goes. the work that I was putting in there, Travis? Yes, thank you. Thank you. You were doing a better job than Mark. And he literally is. gets paid to do this by... Well, by me, but through Alienware. Anyway, Jonathan is here. Jonathan, where are you calling from? Calling from Los Angeles, California. Yes. And uh, what do you do for a living, Jonathan? I'm the GM of League of Legends at CLG. Well, listen, I just want to say I'm sorry that you guys have already lost a Team Liquid uh, oh, in no. two best of fives from now, as, as Mark and Raz and I have decided. Oh, but no. I, am, uh, I think it was a good run, and I appreciate you doing what you did this year with CLG. Yeah, I appreciate the support of all the fans, especially the believers like Travis. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> what, do you, what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, so I wanted to talk about the current playoff format for the LCS and how we kind of don't really have a better alternative than to run it with eight teams, even though I know a lot of people at face value see eight out of ten and kind of get that like visceral reaction that that's just too many teams and they try and kind of like figure out ways to engineer it to not be eight teams. So Sven, I think, said it was disgusting. I think there was other Reddit threads that were talking about how it makes the regular season just pointless. Uh, how could uh, Golden Guardians, who I believe you used to work for, Jonathan, uh, be able to make it in after having such a giant losing streak and just winning a single uh, tiebreaker match, I think is what happened? Um, or did they not tiebreaker match? They didn't have to play the tiebreaker because okay, they, they clutched it versus Dig at the end. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, regardless, this has been a very contested topic for a while. So why don't you explain why it is that we must have eight teams make it into playoffs? Yeah, so full context and transparency here. I definitely had a very big hand in kind of pushing this format forward on the Riot side and going through a bunch of meetings to try and like explain all the different ways of why this works and how it works. But uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it. The biggest one for us in the LCS specifically is we need a big event at the end of the year that gets not only all three of our world's teams picked, but seeded in order from one through three. And if obviously we ever get more or less can still work at you know two seeds or four seeds and still find a way to order all those seeds as well, while also crowning our champion. Uh, in the past, we had the champion's point system where you know throughout the year, based on your performance in spring and summer, you'd get points and we would send our like winner for summer playoffs. We would send our most points team other than the 
person that you know the team that won the championships in summer and then we would have this like gauntlet at the end that happened after the finals concluded for summer playoffs obviously having to do an event after summer playoffs is just not ideal for anyone so this was kind of like part of us solving for that while also making a kind of bigger more robust championships to to send off the end of the the end of the competitive year within north america before sending people off to worlds so part of like the big reason to, to give the quick elevator pitch is if you do less than eight teams the bar for going to worlds gets progressively lower and lower so if you use like our spring uh, spring championship system where there's six teams where four start on winner side two start on loser side any single team that wins a best of five on the winner side of the bracket immediately goes to worlds so anyone from first through fourth seed win one best of five and you're in this is kind of similar to like the problems europe has where just getting one win here or there even in regular season because of how their their seeding works for their loser bracket can just get you to worlds so like g2 locked worlds without even having played a single best of five so like yeah. we want to make sure the bar is high enough so that teams have to win at least one best of five if you're a first or second seed in regular season or at least two best of fives if you didn't get to that one or two position in regular season and then for the teams that are finishing lower in the bracket like seven eight obviously there's a much longer run ahead of you and you have to beat a consistently large amount of teams while never dropping a set so like the bar for worlds is kind of like the the reason why we have this more robust system Okay, so I mean, this is—it's kind of a weird backwards logic thing where some people would say, like, wait, like if you're just letting in eight of the ten teams, that feels like the bar is lower because you're not cutting—you're—you're you're cutting off so few teams from the regular season. But you're saying because of literally the way you have to structure a bracket, you that this actually does raise the bar. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people kind of correctly identified from the past couple splits that we've, or the past, past couple of years that we've run this, that the seven and eight seed rarely win. Obviously, we've had one upset in the past where a seven seed beat a six seed in that first round, but usually those teams play their one best of five and they're done. So there's kind of very limited harm to the actual like overall, you know, system. And in general, it creates like extra space between like where your team starts versus how far they need to go to actually get to Worlds. Um, I think for me, my, my general feeling is like this heavily depends on what the viewers say more than my personal feelings on it. I, I know a lot of people feel like eight's too much. I feel like eight's too much. Um, but you can argue some of the upsides you talked about. You talk about how, um, a lot of teams would have been cut before the final week in terms of what they're playing for. They would have been out if you did like say top six in yep. summer. Um, even if you don't, like you, you can in theory kill challenger points, make a double elim bracket. It's top six. You just copy the first top half of the bracket and the lower bracket becomes like a gauntlet that's just seated through losers only. And you don't put, you don't precede anyone into the lower bracket. Um, you could in theory make like some of the things that are in this current format, even without eight teams. Um, but then TSM would have been knocked out much earlier. Um, like basically none of those teams would have had anything that they're playing for in the final weekend. And that's 40% of your league playing for nothing in the final weekend in some situations. That feels pretty fucking bad. Um, like they're dumb for the year. Half these players probably aren't going to be playing together again. You know, like the, the games are still important for the teams that they're playing against. Like if you're playing one of these teams and you're trying to fight for playoff seeding, you know, and they start subbing in all their amateur teams and stuff, it feels maybe a little weird. So like, I don't know. I, I, for me, it's like, I agree. Top eight sounds weird in a vacuum in a 10 per person league, a 10 team league. Um, but 
if it's not actually hurting viewership, I'm not sure I'm too concerned. Yeah, and, and funny enough, actually, when I was doing these pitches at Riot, one of the people in the room was Greg Kim back when he was doing insights at the league. So I, he was one of the people I had to convince that viewership would either go up or stay the same with this system. And funny enough, I, you know, sat on sat on the call and conversation, went through and said, you know, this is going to go up. If any single team gets upset in the first round or there's like any interesting team in that first round, that first round loser match, even if it's a lower quality match, people will tune in just to make sure that that team wins. And funny enough, that split, I think the first time we did it was the TSM GG upset. So like immediately we had TSM running the loser bracket, super exciting game for people to watch. And even though they're beating up on a, a lower level team, people are tuning in to see, you know, is TSM bad or are they going to bounce back, beat the team they're supposed to beat and then start to make a deep loser run. And obviously they got to see that. So one of those, you know, two bad games that people tend to write off became an interesting match that people were really engaged with and wanted to pay attention to just because of what had happened previously in the tournament. And obviously telling those longer stories throughout a double limb bracket became a much better piece for getting people engaged around different matches all throughout the bracket. Whereas before, you know, your team loses in the first round, their story just kind of gets snuffed out right away. Yeah, I, I've i had these conversations with you a few times, actually. Um, I think I pretty much landed on, I like eight teams in playoffs, even though I think it's important to have playoffs, making it to playoffs be a reasonable bar, like a bar that you can, that is a challenging one. Uh, you know, some could, so like, even the fact that Dignitas had a chance to make it to playoffs when they had completely dumped their roster, I think is kind of wild to me. Um, but... That being said, the playoff bracket is objectively good, and it is unironically better than for me at least. Um, and when I say better, it's going to be object like you know subjective, but I think it's better than um, LEC, LPL, LCK. LCK is not even a challenge. They have had the worst playoff um, <laughs> format for years now, and they will they do not care. They're like, oh yeah, we do not care. <laughs> it's gotten better. It's not just the gauntlet with the number one seed just sitting in the finals. Your yeah. best team just chilling in the whole postseason. Like L LCK is just objectively bad. But yeah. I, I I always struggle with the kind of conversation around gauntlets because as a fan, holy shit, I love watching LPL. Um, the, their kind of bracket. It's really fun, especially right now where LNG has made that run. There have been a lot of teams that have made that run because getting top 10 out of, I think, 20 teams, I always forget if they've added new teams now or at least what the number is. I've always lost track of it. But that being said, like I've always, I think that is, as a viewer, 17. Okay. I remember when they first said that they were going to 20 teams and at some point stopped. <laughs> so that was funny. Um, uh, but yeah, like that is a really fun to watch. But holy moly, that is the worst thing for the teams. For the teams that are like, hey guys, we've won about four series now. We're clearly better than another team. There was one time, I think 2017 or 2016, where Snake ran through a gauntlet. They were clearly the team that should have made it to Worlds. But after a certain time, fatigue really plays a part. Uh, and that kills you, especially if it's day after day. So for that reason, I actually think it's so team, you know, it doesn't favor the teams uh, in any way. And it can be to a degree in which it's like there's no justice, really. Uh, and some of the fans for not just that team, but the team like who are just sympathetic will be like, holy shit, yeah, this sucks. Um, so like there are teams like Snake, like WE. I forget there was another team that did this sim a similar run and then like kind of faltered. It was JDG, actually. There have been so many teams that have run in that system and ran into problems because of that. So I kind of came back and said, I actually don't like Gauntlet if you can get away with it. So I think the solution for LCS is actually to keep the same um, 
structure, but to expand. <laughs> as, as much as people don't like the concept of it, I think there are a lot of te- uh, organizations in North America, like Sentinels, like, damn, uh, I've been watching Valorant, so I know there's a lot like the Guard and all that shit. So, and I know we've had Optic at some point. I know I don't know how people feel about it, but I think there are enough teams, organizations to come in, um, and there are certainly enough players. There are certainly, if you watch Academy, there are certainly enough players that can fill that spot as long as there's no buyout or it's affordable. Like that's a situation um, to make it an accomplishment to make it to Worlds. So, I mean, make it to playoffs. I think that's the solution, personally. I'd rather they just kick two of the teams out and then bring new ones in. Uh, that doesn't change anything, Travis. I know it doesn't change the format teams. stuff, but I I just I don't feel like we need this team needs or this league needs even more teams and mouths to feed essentially. I don't know. Um <laughs> You know, one of the things, Jonathan, that a lot of people don't talk about with the format that as it is right now, that is a concern for me that I think people will realize as we get closer to Worlds is like we finish the latest, I think, of maybe any league in the world, uh, but certainly among the major ones. And so like the there's like a less than three weeks, I think, between the end of playoffs and the start uh, or sorry. Yeah, like the finals and the start of Worlds. Yeah. yeah. So I, I actually like I'm kind of concerned about that because I feel like it takes so long for us to do this, this bracket and uh, this format. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah. So funny enough, this year, LEC is actually at the same pace of us because they take a lot of break weeks throughout the year. Obviously, there was like that Riot break week where pretty much all of Riot took a break week. And so almost every like Western League that's operated entirely out of those Riot offices just kind of went on a simultaneous break. So because of that, plus the additional break they take after their last week of regular season, they actually finish on the 11th of September, just like we do. And they're going to be sending two teams to Mexico because they have that extra fourth seed from Russia. So because of that, now they have to be in the same predicament we are with twice as many teams in that specific, you know, situation of having that quick turnaround. I think the struggle with a lot of this stuff is the calendar shifts every year. Obviously, depending on which venues get locked down for MSI and Worlds, you know, the dates they happen to get those for kind of dictates the rest of the global calendar of like where does the LPL put their playoffs in their their regular season? Where do we put lock-in and spring season? You know, where do all the things fit in between the gaps? And some years it's a much cleaner fit than others, and some years it's just super super crunched this year we actually had a break week which normally we don't have but obviously it then manifests in this this kind of quick turnaround before planes for worlds but i mean there's there's to a certain extent not really a great way to plan around it since those those volatile dates kind of are just part of how worlds works fair enough okay well either way thank you for the call i do think it is good that at least one voice is speaking up in defense of the format quite frankly i feel like riot would benefit from coming out and talking about why they chose this format as well uh, i yeah. i worry for you with a new commissioner that your format might be in danger so uh i feel like you need to do more lobbying for it behind the scenes as well uh, not that i've heard anything i'm just i feel like Don't worry, i'm doing i'm doing plenty of lobbying every time i watch a talk show and i hear whoever's on the show talking about all the crazy and kooky ways they could totally make a 16 bracket work without messing anything up. I'm very quickly in their DMS explaining all the reasons why their solutions they pitched off, you know, just hip firing are not going to pan out. <laughs> Have you thought about this one? Just Russian roulette. You just get names in a bowl. You just fucking draw dude. <laughs> what, what the fuck is a seed? I've never heard of that. 
Just pick a team. Let's go. You instantly See, fight. Sounds like I, I can load that in my barrel. <laughs> you bring all the teams in the studio. You pick a name out. Those two play. Rest go home. Let's fucking fight. You never no, know. Here's what day. you do. You have to tune in to see who's fighting. Here's what you do. Whenever what they the do the group promo piece. Whenever they do the group draw show, they have a separate bowl where at the start of it they pull three names out and drop them randomly into the group draw show bowls, and then you find out. Oh, it's TSM that made it in. Um, Mark, this is a great idea. Okay. I'm telling you, you, don't, you, you won't be able to make any promo pieces or build any storylines or anything, but fuck, you don't know what's going to happen. How wild is it? You draw day one, TL's going up against EG. First, first series. Quarterfinals, one of you guys is about to burn. TSM versus <laughs> Golden Guardians. Wow, they're in the semifinals now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you for the call. As you can tell, we've taken it very seriously. Uh, anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? No, just a shout out to the fans for following CLG's adventure through the summer split. I know it's been really exciting for everyone. It's just been equally as exciting, if not more so, for me to be able to kind of see it happen. So, you know, keep cheering for us, and we'll see if we can make that that big loser run that everyone's hoping we can. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Appreciate you. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. See ya. All right. Off to the next caller, hopefully to a topic that Mark finds a little bit more <laughs> exciting. Okay. Uh, Filth Monk, thank you. Burn it with fire. Uh, wild. I love you, chat. Oh, I got some of these. Okay. Nor, Mama's Cupcakes, Shonatonin for four years. I, why am I so far behind? Bruce Wade, uh, Dasher, Glimmer Glen, Ian gifted a sub or Lan. I never know. Uh, Didn't you just Lewis say now. those names before? Yes, and I never know. Uh, Blue Jay is here. Blue Jay, where are you calling from? Calling from Ontario. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? My take is that 100 Thieves will not only beat TL, they're going to be taking the whole thing and representing North America as first seed from or first seed at Worlds. Um, I think 100 Thieves is looking solid and consistently doing so in every role, and I don't think you can say that about EG or TL. Do you have any additional evidence you would like to present to the jury uh i guess i i'm not sure if mark wanted me to talk more about why they'll beat eg or tl because i they are not playing let's, let's yet, focus on I, uh tl for now that's All what right. i thought you might say since we're they're actually playing this weekend we can talk about that that that's what i figured you would say so i guess my worry with tl is so i earlier in the show raz raz said that tl is looking a lot better and i 100 percent agree with that i do think tl is looking very good right now where I'm a little worried is I don't think they've been challenged that much lately. So even though they're absolutely hard stomping in the early game, which we've seen them do fairly consistently uh, throughout the split, I think most recently it hasn't exactly been against the greatest teams. And even when it has worked out against good teams, they've kind of faltered like in their last game against 100 Thieves. Um, so uh, they kind of handled FlyQuest. I think that was expected. I think even in the last week, I don't remember what their matchups were, but I'm pretty sure it was lower... Uh, lower seeded teams, I think it was like Dignitas, Golden yeah, Guardians, Dignitas, that Golden kind of Guardians. thing. Who are their opponents in week seven? I don't know. They Maybe lost that Hundo was, was that Thundo. the one where they was that yeah, the one where they Eve. okay, yeah. yeah. No, at week seven? Week seven oh, was well, I think they, week eight, sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, week seven they beat EG's ass. Oh yes, they hard stomped. Yeah. But I think most people looked at that game and agreed that that's an outlier, right? Like I don't think EG uh, yeah, I don't think EG is going to get hard rolled over by anyone like that on the regular. Here's, here's the thing, though, right? Is like Team Liquid only needs to win those, have a couple of those outliers. Because let's say they're like a 50 50 team. Either they turbo stomp hard enough that they instant win, or they don't turbo stomp hard enough and they stall out in the mid game and they throw and they lose. 
if it's 50 50 they can still beat anyone is it 50 50 <laughs> is it 50 50 it might be better than 50 50 look at them they got a winning record i should actually say legitimately what my opinion is yeah um so actually i already set my predictions into that g4 show we were talking about earlier i'm gonna i'm gonna leak it why not um uh, you're crazy I, I think it's 3-2 in favor of 100 Thieves. I think 100 Thieves will take the series versus DL. Um, I don't think it'll be a first seed. I think being first seed is, is a bit of a stretch. I think Evil Geniuses, as, as much as I talked about that game, Evil Geniuses is still the better team. Um, they still, at the moment, are a better team fighting team. They can get too creative. In fact, the game in which Team 100 Thieves beat EG in the regular season was based off that creativity that they had in that Kaisa composition. Um, but... I, I think the team right now is a, like Evil Geniuses is a better team fighting team. They have an insane jungler right now and inspired. Their carries are still really fucking good. It's 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 going to be a tough series. I think it's exciting if EG is to face either of these teams, TL or 100 Thieves, and I think it's going to be 100 Thieves. But I think 100 Thieves is just I mean uh, is just the worst team right now. I agree with almost everything you said. The only thing that I would say is I do think, so uh, there's been a lot of discussion about EG being the best team fighting team in the league. And yeah. while I could see that argument, I don't, I think people are sleeping a little bit on 100 Thieves team fighting because I think to start off the split, not exactly so clean. As the split went on, I thought their team fighting got a lot better. And I think you could put them up there with EG as uh, best team fighting team. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm largely in agreement on the 100 Thieves side. I guess that's all three of us. Cause I, I think, uh... Abba has been insane in team fights recently. Um, Closer's really good. Seems to always get the better of Santorin whenever they go head to head. Almost always feels like that. I, I forget what the stat actually is, but someone posted this in the uh, regular season matchup thread that I think in the last two or three years, 100 Thieves is like 17 and 7 versus Team Liquid or something. <laughs> like, I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's, it's something heavily in favor of, of 100 Thieves. Um, the bot lane is maybe the thing I'm most scared of because I do feel like FBI and Huhi, with how explosive Korra and Hansama are when they're playing well, could get rolled. But I also feel like that's kind of what happened basically in the at the end of the regular season game. And then they just played Senna Seraphine better and had really good team fighting. And Huhi was landing big ults pretty consistently and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm kind of feeling the Hundred Thieves hype as well. Uh, did you say all three of us, Mark? You're assuming that I'm going to say 100 Thieves? Uh-oh, Travis. Oh, I wasn't even including you. I was talking about Blue Jay. Oh, Travis okay. just wants Bjergsen to go to Worlds so that all the other, the the regular fans show up. So he's picking Yeah, I mean, I feel like if we're going to make somebody pay $5,000 to fly from Ohio to, to <laughs> New York, that it would be good if... Uh, Normies have, aren't buying like, those like, tickets, Travis. Good reason. For the record, no. I do I do agree. But anyways, yeah, no, 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 we, I'm just kidding. Travis, taking, Travis. We don't need to go down that road again. Because he's always in first class. He's like, how much is a normal economy ticket? Fuck if I know. I, I'm I'm booking all... They're, they're giving main, me champagne all, and... All main octopus. cabin to to New York, Atlanta, and, and SF if I go. Um, Stop stalling, Travis. Travis. Who's your pick? I'm not you stalling. I literally... You derailed me. You were the one that interrupted me. And then Mark interrupted... Anyway. Travis, Travis, uh, I'm going to quote Closer, who said in an interview with me, we knew we were going to beat them. We always beat them, and they always don't care about us, I guess. I'm fine. They can keep doing what they're doing. This is after they beat TL and that last week. 
it is it does seem like it's very true that like 100 Thieves does tend to like beat out TL and nobody ever really thinks it's going to happen and then it happens. Maybe now that everybody's starting to think it's going to happen, it's not going to happen, but no, I definitely think 100T. I think I think 3-2. I think 3-2 100T because I do think TL's gotten better. Yeah. Um but and I think that they are probably going to look better in a best of 5 than they do in best of ones, but I I don't know. I I said this like in week four of the LCS. I like Hunter T was slumping, and we had a call that was like, "Oh, Hunter T's like washed or something like that." And I'm like, "This is how it always works with Hunter T. I'm onto their fucking games now. Everybody like doubts them because they look goofy, and then they suddenly turn it on, and people still think of them as being goofy. And so now it's time. Now I don't think that they're going to beat EG, but I will take you that they're going to. I do think we're, we'll probably get another EG Hunter T finals. Good compromise. Um, so that's that's where I think they're gonna go. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I don't know, Blue Jay. Any other? It sounds like we all agree with you. Well, we don't, but we agree to a degree. I think that's one of the things that's so good about the playoffs right now is that you could pick any of those top three teams, and I don't think anyone would really bat an eye, honestly, because I think that you could actually... I know that's a boring take, but I think it's true. No. Like, I really think EGTL or 100 Thieves could take it right now. I guess my pick is just 100 Thieves. And for the record, I did also have them going 3-2. This is a... I think this is the first year in a long time that I can think about where I'm just very sad that we can only send three teams. No, no, Russ. You know I've been sad for many years. But yes, in sir. this specific situation, I am sure. sad... That we can only send three teams because I actually would love to send like five teams because I think Cloud9 is interesting and CLG is interesting and EG and 100 TNTL. So like I'm I'm bummed we can only send three of these teams um, because I'd love to see – I'd be happy to see all of them. And like frequently in the past we've had it's, – it's, it's frequently felt like we have like two teams and then we're like, oh, yeah, Clutch, you can go too. It'll be great uh, or something like that. And so, and uh, this year is just really exciting. I'm happy it's in North America this year because I'm going to be really happy no matter which of the five teams that we send. Now, if we send Golden Guardians or something, then that might change. TSM, I don't know, but I don't know. I it's it's good. It's good. So anonymous in the live chat stole my my line. Why not send eight teams? It just seems like we want to send eight teams to playoffs, a bunch of teams to Worlds. Let's just send everyone we can. I, I honestly, I I actually don't think C9 or CLG are in the conversation. I I want to see them go because I'm interested in those teams, but I don't want to see them go because I don't think they're on the level as the top three. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, oh, I just didn't realize there was an error in our link. Okay. Sorry. I'm fixing that. Uh, all right, Blue Jay, anything you want to shout out? A uh, big, huge shout out to the crowd at LCS this weekend. I thought it was insane how loud. I was watching, like, I was partially watching the regular broadcast and partially watching the co streams. A lot of times the co-streamers have the volume like really low, so you don't hear the yeah. crowd that much. No, you could hear them. This weekend was so good. Such nice. an amazing crowd, so huge shout out. Dude, this weekend, Mark, we, you didn't pull a co-stream take, did you? I did. Okay, well, then I will save for that. Um, okay, Blue Jay, thank you so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. Have a good one. It's not quite a co-stream take, but you can fit the co-stream okay. into it. Cool. Uh, righty. Off Mark goes. Thank you to this is Kakashi, the Dixie Cup, who I've met at the studio. 
uh, Nord Squidda, uh, PP Doc, Trevor Hello. Monreal, and Pouncing Sang. Okay, Dancing Blades is here. Dancing Blades, where are you calling from? What's going on, guys? Uh, Marietta, California. Marietta. Wow. Did you know that I, I grew up uh, for many years in Temecula? I think you mentioned that the first time I called. All right, whatever. What do you want to talk about on the show? <laughs> Call that man out. What do you want to talk about on the show? Repeating himself. Oh, man. Well, my thing is uh, they're winning. Uh, TL is going to win summer, and they're going to stay in the upper bracket. Oh, okay. So this is a TL. The, TL the other side of it. Okay, gotcha. Oh. All right. Well, this is good because now Raz and Mark and I have exposed We can flip-flop. Yeah, we can TL flip-flop hunters. now. Yeah. Uh, no, why do you think that they're going to stay in the upper bracket and win summer? Um, well, the honestly, the spring loss was honestly the the loss they needed. I mean, in, in any perfect anime script story, I mean, they're they're going to turn it all around. They're going to stay in the upper bracket and pretty much probably 3-2, uh, 100 Thieves and EG. I think what EG would be next if they beat 100 Thieves. Um, it's probably going to be a 3-2 on both sides. Okay. But you're just repeating your what that you think they're going to win. the The question is, why do you believe that they're going to win? Oh, well, summer split would be always the biggest buff for Bjergsen, and uh, Santorin pretty much has three winning lanes. It's really just his. It's his summer to lose, to be honest. Um, yeah, he's been getting outperformed by EG and Hunter Thieves junglers, but I think that with this uh, the group and the head on their shoulders right now, they're pretty much. Uh, favorites to win okay i'm still not sure if you've given us great reasons other than i guess you think that the lanes they're are winning, better right? yeah yeah um that's fair though mark i mean so to defend the point that is kind of just team liquid's identity sadly right now is that we gap you in lane and then the game is over or we struggle so, you know, that point isn't necessarily wrong. I guess the caller is just saying that they're going to gap everyone so hard, it doesn't matter, or they're going to improve their mid-game. Uh, the Team Liquid win was not super convincing to me. Or excuse me, the FlyQuest win was not super convincing to me because they did just kind of steamroll them so hard in the first 10 minutes every game. There's also one game where they made a couple fumbles, if I remember correctly, and, like, they, they, they didn't push to contest the dragon they might have been able to like it would have been a little risky and they just decided to sack it um so i don't know if that series proved that going up against the better teams in the upper bracket that they will have grown enough but i still kind of stand by what i said before we're like when team liquid's on they are fucking crazy um let me let me evolve this take a little bit then mark do you think are you confident that tl makes it to worlds because Let's let's presume. I think uh, most people would presume what a, a TL C nine match for that third spot. That's probably what we're gonna get, right? I, I don't. I think it's probably more likely CLG beats them than Cloud Nine. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh... oh, okay. You would you would bet on CLG because one of the things that I took away, and you know, I am no analyst as I say often, but one of the things I took away from this weekend is that C9 can come from behind and win. And if you've got Team Liquid who's gonna steamroll in the beginning, but then you have C9 who's able to like turn it around late game, like does that give C9 a better chance of taking control of the game if they lose it in the beginning? I don't think so. Okay. I think um, th like th that series that happened was very scrappy. 
I don't want to make it sound like, you know, oh, it was just CLG throwing their leads because CL C9 threw some of their situations to like end up in them. Like Jensen TPs in a really bad way. He dies. The hand's barren over. Then they, they win a team fight for Dragon. Flat, fast forward five minutes, the game is, is still kind of close. And like Dokla gets caught out. He gets killed. Now CL C9 get a barren situation. And then Luger runs too far forward. And so like it was just a scrappy game. I don't know if it was like c9 methodically neutered clg's playmaking to come back into the game so much as like yeah, it was just scrappy man they, they, okay. they played some of them better i don't know raz what do you think so i tuned out because i was watching i was looking for an example to prove the ultimate point about early game teams and bring, then we're bring the mic closer you, you pushed it away bring oh, what's, it back. what's bring the it back. topic on c9 what oh no fuck that just talk about team liquid yeah okay, yeah perfect. team liquid so i think the call is really reasonable because my take on 100 Thieves being, winning is I think it's 3-2, right? And even and I'm, I already said prior that Team Liquid are a really strong team, a much better team than they were in the regular season because Hansama is playing really well in team fights. They're able to convert a lot of their leads. They lost the first game to FlyQuest in a really bad way. So, like, that one is worrying. Um, but the rest of the games, I think they covered for it. And actually, you think their drafts are just the best at the moment, but we haven't seen 100 Thieves. Um, and I've actually been liking how they've been drafting, though I know their limitations at the moment, or at least their comfort. Um, so I still think that, just firm to the point that I made last, that t uh, Team Liquid will be pushed into the loser bracket, 200 Thieves, but then they'll make it back to uh, probably be third, honestly, just because of my take, because Evil Geniuses will either have knocked 100 Thieves down to the bracket, just thinking it through in my mind. So I think they'll probably be third seed, uh, which will be disappointing to them, I'm sure. But, like, I think that, you know, most of the times my opinion or my take, my predictions around playoffs, specifically finals and semifinals, have been wrong. <laughs> and most of the time it's because 100 Thieves, I will have doubted them, yeah. and they just destroyed my uh, predictions. So this you is were, finally... Go on. You were one of the... It was you, Jet, and Mark, and I think you and Jet did not have 100 Thieves going to Worlds at the start of the split. Yes. So oh, I yeah. actually changed. At the beginning of the split, I said 100 Thieves would be the team that's knocked out. And I said that Cloud9 would be the team that would get you together. I was wrong on both. This <laughs> is hilarious. Which is just like, you know, maybe the copium of Cloud9 maybe getting together. But that series didn't look like they got it together. Um, so no, I was wrong about that. And I think 100 Thieves are for sure going to not only be the team that makes it to Worlds, but they'll be a top two team. Um, and even if they lose to Team Liquid, I think they'll still be top three. But to the point of the caller, um, no, I don't think it's going to happen. But they can make it happen. Uh, they have shown me the light. Ansama has turned it on, and I actually like his Draven. So here we go. I he looks unhinged. Yeah, I I feel like a lot of Team Liquid's playing mad in a lot of ways because I I actually hope that Team Liquid just wins North America. I don't think it'll happen, but I actually hope it does, just because the anti TL circle jerk is so annoying on Reddit right now. Like, it's, true. it's so fucking obnoxious. I don't know if you guys saw the post-game one thread for the FlyQuest Yeah, it was series. obnoxious. And, like, I'm not even, like, a huge TL fan, but I'm in that. People are just, like, Bjerg, like, just shitting on Bjerg like he was never good. Like, oh, his stats are all fake, and, like, he's just a KDA player, and he hasn't been, like, playing well this whole split, and, like... These People guys are, are really fucking... unhappy about him getting all pro. Oh, we didn't even talk about all pro. We got an all pro call. He got snubbed from all pro. All right, no, well, we don't need to go that 
far, yeah. but like like core getting third, everyone was like Poom was better than 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 core this split in in that post game thread, and like a lot of those takes got downvoted after TL one, but for like the first hour or two, just the TL hate was unmatched, and like yeah, I think that they have a lot of problems as a team, but like individually, these players are fucking crazy, and like. They're, they still finish the regular season third. It's not unreasonable to think that they have a couple of players worthy of all pros on the third place team that I test why should be better. Like, it's fucking crazy to me how much they hate Team Liquid just because, like, the money that was spent on the lineup and the fact that it's not North American. A lot of them are not identified as North American players, despite a lot of them having residence here, you know? Like, I, I kind of get it why you want other teams to win. Yep. But, like, the intellectual dishonesty to be, like, they're not even good is, like, what? Yeah, but that's going to happen, right? I'm actually completely fine with people who are just haters. Uh, mostly because that happens in every sport. You get people calling LeBron LaFraud just because at <laughs> least, like, the strength that he had on his teams, specifically Cleveland, though that, you know, depending on the era, he was the one that was strong. The uh, choke artist. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Or, or like everyone going up against super teams. And this is a super team. This is like a picture perfect super team. Like, I know Golden State had some real fans this time around, but when they were like back to back to back, everyone's like, holy shit, please, someone beat this team. Um, <laughs> people don't like the idea of an identity of a team being money and buying success. They hate that. Core to their lives. Like, it is a natural thing to be like, this bastard is successful because he just adds more. And I think you'll always have... It's not as if there's only haters. Like, we go to the studio, that's like about 70 80% fans, yeah. uh, TL fans. So they have a lot of fans. It's just natural that they're going to have a lot of anti-fans. So I, I think it makes things more interesting. It's the same thing with whoever's the wrestling fan. It's like the, we, the we love Cena, Cena sucks stuff. I, I think it's great. So. Do you guys think the uh the so a lot of the tl fans are salty tsm fans who are just like bitter that Bjerg left and now their team's in the gutter oh that's a conspiracy we don't like conspiracy i mean I, I, I think that's a fair thing i think that's fair to say i like this caller <laughs> people, hey they have like a hate boner for bjergson it's crazy I think that there's also some people who were just Bjergsen fans and followed him from TSM. I think there's some people who saw TSM struggle a lot this year and, and transferred over. But, I mean, I agree with a lot of the points you just made, Raz, about, like, it's okay to hate on them. Yeah. You know, it does make for, for more fun rivalries and stuff. Yeah. But I, I'm, like, a contrarian at heart a little bit. And so, like, when I see everyone being like, yeah, man, Team Liquid always sucked. Beard didn't deserve any of the, the, the nominations, man. And he's just getting by on name value all split long. I'm like, open your eyes, man. I mean, I think part of the reason why it's more annoying to see in the LCS is because there's already so much negativity and already down, so much down-talking on our players. And so whenever you have, like, Bjerg, who's the goat of the league, and people are all like, oh, yeah, he's actually never been that good or he's always been just a mediocre player or something like that. It's It gets extra frustrating because you're just like, God damn, can we not have this one thing? Can we not I even just have... Though. It's not even like Bjergsen's a very controversial figure. He's like... He's not. Uh, yeah. He's like... He'd be, he'd be a lot easier to not hate if he just wasn't so outspoken, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, I mean. It's like, he dude, just there. take it out, showed up playing the game... Has doing... a mustache, just fucking offensive. <laughs> <laughs> they get me on that train. I hate mustaches. 
And every, everybody's no, I like, I don't know. It's just, it's so, it's so weird. Yes, yes. Devil is the goat. Bjerg's the goat. We can debate back and forth, but it's just, it's, it's weird that people want to rewrite, rewrite history in a league that is, I think, oftentimes lacking players to celebrate. Uh, anyway, thank you, Dancing Blades, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Uh, shout out Mark and Raz, Travis, you all right? And uh, Alienware, shout out right? Alienware and Grubhub. Thank it. you so much for the call. All right, thank you. Catch you next I time. I appreciate that call there. I love you. All right. Speaking Travis, of Grubhub, right. let us talk about Grubhub. So... We're hard at work on the next episode of Dinner With, which is going to be with Broden, who some of you may know. He is now more famous than mostly anybody associated with the LCS, but he got his start working for me. Anyway, that's going to be a video that's going to be coming out, also sponsored by Grubhub. So for the folks that have been waiting for Dinner With, uh, you'll be getting him. Um, And then afterwards, we're going to go back to some more uh, familiar LCS faces. But I think it was just kind of fun to do that interview with him. Uh, Also... I want to shout out their deal of the week, which is, let's see if we've updated the stream elements yet. We have not updated the stream elements. Numi, you had one job. Okay, from August 22nd to August 28th, use code 5off15TG. Five, that's the number five, off the number 15, TG, to receive $5 off on your Grubhub order of $15 plus only for the first 300 delivery orders. So please check that out. Uh, we love giving away the codes on the show. Um, also, I know I mentioned this last week, but if you missed it, we have a live version of Hotline League, a live show that will be taking place on Saturday of LCS Summer Finals weekend. Uh, maybe Raz will make an appearance he did last time. I don't know. I don't, I have no control over that. So, uh, But it's always really fun. So if you are going to that uh, event, uh, please make sure that you're coming on Saturday so that you can come watch us. Uh, we're going to have some better seating situations uh, because, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but regardless, we're going to have a pretty cool seating setup. So it'll, it should be less standing room only or sit on the ground like it was before. Um, that's something that I know Grubhub uh, really wanted to do. So excited about that. But thank you so much to Grubhub for sponsoring the show. Uh, they're a fantastic partner. Really love working with them. It's great to give you guys all discounts uh, on most weeks. I think we've, we've managed to do and looking forward to seeing a bunch of you guys on hot or on on the live hotline league show next well, i guess next month because it's coming up so either way thanks so much and uh i think we're ready for the next caller uh off mark goes let's see if we have Hello. any oh oh he's here uh dark wonder is here dark wonder where are you calling from i'm calling from austin texas Austin, Texas. What do you want to talk about on the show? So I know this has been kind of a topic that's brought up um, kind of a couple different times throughout the week, but JoJo being first, I think, was just a highway robber. And I've seen a bunch of comments about Bjergsen not getting it. And I'm not saying he's not a good player. Like, again, I'm all fair. I've called in before now. It's my second time. And I've always tried to look at things fairly. But, I mean, to rob somebody who wasn't even at top of most of all the stats. Matter of fact, came in probably third or fourth in most of them to then get all pro first team. To me, it was like a byproduct of being on EG with arguably, no, not even arguably, the best jungler in the league and inspired, and then arguably the best bot lane in the league. 
Like he just to me just got a pass. So sorry, who would you have put first? I would have put I would have put Beerson hands down first. Okay. I think if you look at all the stats outside of the flashiness and probably is you know let's just call call it what it is JoJo's mouth. He is entertaining to listen to, but doesn't really hold well if your stats don't back it up. Uh, the, I think the other thing to talk about on this, and maybe we, we can start with the caller's take and then expand it out, but it, it is somewhat related. Both LEC and LCS had the all-pro teams being <laughs> four players yeah. and then the tops from yeah. another team, uh, which I think in both cases were the second place uh, team. Uh, regardless, it is. Uh, I, there was some discussion online. I think, Mark, you even mentioned or uh, chimed in on the Twitter about how this is not the way it would work in traditional sports and like maybe lol esports all pro is a little funky uh yeah we, we can we can broaden out after the the jojo point raz i don't know who i didn't look at your ballot raz who'd you have as your first team all pro mid my first team all pro mid was abadaga so i had first was abadaga second was takuya and third was bjergsen well wait you didn't even have jojo on it no i didn't wow so I think that I demonstrates start, how crazy mid lane was for voting this year. I will start by disagreeing with the caller, even though we had a similar point. Um, I think it's good to be stat informed, but you can never be stat like data driven. Like you can't be like, oh, he was really high on the stats, therefore he's good. Um, Jojo is a facilitator. <sighs> facilitator is not the right word, but he's he's a, a type of person who plays really aggressively and will put resources and work with Inspired to go to sidelines. He roams a lot. It's his specialty. So he's much like Palafox, is not going to have resources. Like that's not his goal. Um, so I think it's important to recognize that when allotting his skills, because I'm not mad at him being in all pro. I thought all pro could have gone to four individuals, including him. Um, so I think it was just a really difficult list for that one, but you know, I agree with the sentiment that a lot of the times in every region, if you are just on the winning team, it doesn't matter what is happening. You will get like preferential, preferential treatment. You're going to get all pros. Yeah. Yeah. yeah You're get all pros. I, I think there's an argument though. So you talked about, you know, him being kind of aggressive in lane, right? So if, if it, you have to use data to then prove that out, right? It can't just be visual or optics. No, no, no. It right? has to be visual and optics. Because yeah, it, it, what it just can't be visual and optics, though, no, because no, then no, it's no. just flashy plays. That's all you're looking for no, is no, like, no. ooh, look at this play. So if he no, had a very bad KD, but on a good team and they still won, would you still put him all pro? That doesn't make any sense. Like, I the, mean, the, I'll use the best possible example. He is not a good name right now, but at the time in which he won finals MVP, Ning, who is a finals MVP, and was one of the best, best junglers at the time in the LPL, had a shit KD because he will die for, uh, to get his team's team, uh, like the best team fights possible. And they had incredibly fast games. And the reason for that was because, hey, if they have a huge lead because of the early game, they will just simply dive mid, mid lane inner, dive like inhibitor in, uh, turret as well, and he will be the one to die to get the fight off that will be a game winning play. KDA means like trash. It's dog shit. So like, I would say a good example would be like forward percentage or uh, well, kill share, guess, right? So would kill share be a accurate representation? Not a no. Who gets the kill is possibly the worst information. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 
Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm a big proponent of using stats to try and inform my opinions, but like stats in vacuum in in league are really bad. Like this is something you'll hear every analyst pro, everyone talking about how careful you have to be with just ripping stats off a page because there's so many situations in league where what you're doing is heavily influenced by like what else happened in the game. So for example, Palafox has a shitload of kills and assists at 15. Um, and so you would say, oh wow, he's, he's really proactive. But then if you look at his kill participation, it's actually ninth for mid laners. And you would go, oh, well he, he, he might not be working with his team well, depending on what conclusions you want to draw. But the reality is, is that CLG just makes so many fucking kills happen around the map. You can't possibly right. be involved with all of them. So his kill participation gets driven down by the fact that his team is aggressive. And it's not a slight against him. But if you naively take stats and see his kill participation is low and you just draw the simplest Occam's Razor conclusion, he doesn't work well with his team. And it's just so fundamentally wrong. And there's so many stats like that in League where if you just take the number... And say, this is the conclusion from the number, and you don't look at why. So, for example, Jojo Pune, we had this conversation just hotline league, uh, last hotline league, so apologies if you missed it or if you did catch it. Sorry for rehashing. But Jojo in spring played like a maniac in lane, and he wanted to dominate lane. And when he spent his resources, what he was doing with his time and pressure, it was trying to get CS leads and kill threat and all these things that were greedy plays. And he talked about how going to MSI, he learned that's not the right way to play the game necessarily. And taking your pressure and working with your jungler, getting vision control out, pressuring side lanes, um, these kinds of things are more impactful in the long run often than squeezing out some extra advantages in lane. And that's something he tried to work on this spring. And so his individual laning stats took a bit of a hit. He's still second in CSD at 15. He's still um, top four at goal difference at 15. So by like most metrics, he's still a good laner. But he spent a lot more of this time working on other things. So, yeah, I agree. There's a lot of good people in this, but like, there's a lot of other candidates to Raz's point about people. I'm not saying you had to go JoJo Pune, but to just look at stats and say that he didn't have a good split is the the, the reason that stats people get such bad reps in in the league community. And another yeah, thing. Oh, uh, go on. You you should make your point first. Oh yeah. <laughs> so again, I what yeah. I, I think he had a great split. I agree with you that I, I watch League more for a team sport, right? So, Raz, you made the comment of, like, LeBron, right? Like, I actually just don't like LeBron, even though mm -hmm. as great of a player as he is. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, he is the focus of every team he's ever been on, for right or for wrong, right, justified or not. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of the same situation with any team sport, right? And, and League kind of falls into that, and... Stats can show you some things, and I do agree. I think there's certain stats that we just don't look at quite right. Killshare being one of those, because to me, it shouldn't be just Killshare. It should be of the kills, which ones are... It's kill participation, in my opinion, right? So if mm -hmm. the argument is, hey, he's roaming, he's all over the map, he theoretically should have a very high percentage of kill participation, right? And then if the argument then is, is hey, he is roaming and dying, then the other laners are there getting ahead, right? I mean... That should be what happens. So then is the other players on the map a byproduct of his deaths? Or is the team, is he benefiting from the team atmosphere? So, so I almost feel like it can't be both. No, I can. I, I will say from the specific point about kill participation, kind of what uh, Mark has already said, you can be a roamer, but still have a low kill participation just based off the players, the natural players that you have. So a good example is if like, let's just say your bot lane is the fucking best bot lane in the league, which they are. Um, 
they may not be the best bot lane as a lot of people would expect going in the past, like lane dominant bot lane. Uh, but if they were able to get a 2v2 kill, or if their jungler is a part of it and they got a 3v2 dive, something like that to be able to get an early advantage, and their mid laner is not a part of it necessarily, like he is giving them the window to do it based off the pressure that he has, but he doesn't have a killer or assist to it, um, then yeah, like early portions of the game, you're not going to be a part of it, but you're still uh, willing to and and moving. Like they're probably one of the best examples of it is like if you push and move, just for vision. If you're pushing, moving, placing vision aggressively enemy jungle, like a, red, uh, a control ward or something like that in, behind red camp, like things like this, um, and then you're following up with that later on, but there's still quite a few kill kills on the map, you are still roaming, you are still looking to make a action happen. Uh, you're being responsible by making sure the vision's there and not catching you first, and that you're new not losing waves. But yeah, your kill participation is going to be ass. That's why, for me, I care so much more about the actual games and the eye test. I think stats matter to make you aware of something. Like for instance, there are some times throughout the split, because at you know Mark will know this, getting eyes on stats sometimes is hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like where you know I see it, like a jungler or something or a mid laner like popping the fuck off in stats, and you're like, wow, I actually didn't pay too much attention to this player. I should watch more of their games closely. It's like, hey, it's more of a red flag. You're like, oh shit! I didn't. Maybe I'm not looking at this player as much as I should be, and I'm now gonna watch their games closely. But ultimately, you should be using the eye test um, to make conclusions rather than having the stats be the conclusion. And um, it, it, the thing is, like, it just depends. Like, if you are using stats, you can usually cherry pick what you want to make your case. Yeah. Like, uh, I could talk about how JoJo leads mid laners in assists. He has the most assists out of anyone, uh, any mid laner to support my point about his roaming play style. I'll be honest, that's a cherry pick stat and a terrible actual point, but like I could probably sway some people's minds with that if I put my heart into an argument around it. Like, wow, JoJo's so good. He leads the league in assists. Like realistically, his team fucking smurfs team fights. And so you just pick up a lot of assists by by being on a good team. Um, but he's, you know, third in kills for mid laners, you know? So like you could, I could very easily start building this case about like, oh, well in lane, he's, he's not trying to dominate because he doesn't pick Azir and control mages and some of these things that naturally win lane more. He's playing Silas, which like isn't great in lane. And it's more about scaling and team fighting yeah. and one, three, one side lane pressure. And that's why he doesn't have high kill participation. Cause he's, he's side laning a lot, you know, like that's six of his games, by the way, like Silas and Corky are six of his games, which naturally in some of the most matchups. You are under your turret. <laughs> like, um, I mean, Silas depends, of course, on, on on certain spikes. But like, that's just going to be. That's why I don't like using stats of like forward percentage and CSD. Those are much better stats, right? They can mean more. Uh, but then you have to look at what champs are playing, the actual game itself. Someone in the chat mentioned about like if you don't like if a certain player, if like let's say somebody from Twitch chat, not this Twitch chat. You guys are all intellectuals, of course. <laughs> but, but but like. Uh, LCS Twitch chat where you have hundreds of thousands of people, yeah, all watching League of Legends. And some, yeah, like if you're a lower ranking and watching the game, like what does the eye test actually do? But I actually still think it's very helpful. Like even the simplicity of a player succeeding through lane or winning out a team fight, like having a pop-off performance in those instances or participating in a dive, or just like there are going to be a lot of subtleties that uh, a low ranking player will not get. That's fair. But I still think it is enough for you to see that a player is performing. Um, so that's just one of those things. So I, once again, I want to explain maybe my 
Oh, you, I want to hear your point first because I want to explain my point because I do not have Jojo Pyeon in my top three. So like that's worth discussing. Uh, but I want to hear from you first. Who? Wait, who? The caller. Oh, I got so we were just talking confused. For a while. Hasn't, hasn't the so caller confused. already oh. said everything? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, they're the yeah. So well, I may have went on a point, steal. A little bit to Raz's point though. So yeah, I mean, look at my you know Elo that kind of gold kind of level, right? I don't see all those intangibles, right? That's why I watch LCS to get better to look at those things to see how I should improve. Mm -hmm. So it's not saying that he's not you know I mean again he's a He's pro-level player, right? I think people get caught up in the sense and call other players bad. By no means am I saying he's bad. Mm -hmm. He is absolutely in, yeah, probably top four mid, right? If you go Worlds, and okay, it drops down a little bit, but then it's understanding the eye test. Because I think sometimes in, in league and in pro sports, right, when you say certain words, right, the scene word might be eye test, like Raz explained, but then, like you said, on, on Twitch or during the game, you'll go, oh, well, the eye test says this, and it's like no one understands what that means. Mm -hmm. They'll immediately go, oh, he makes, he doesn't make the flashy plays. He doesn't do this. That's why Bjergsen should be number one every single time. It's like, well, no, I mean, if we really slow it down and look at other things that he does, yeah, I do agree with that point now. It does make more sense to me, but sometimes it takes that explanation to go, hey, this is why we bring someone into that all-pro team versus a Bjergsen, you know, ahead of time. Uh, we don't have too much more time, but I, I wanted to just get Mark and Raz your takes on the all pro situation that happened in LEC and LCS. Cause I, I, I will be honest when I looked and saw that the results were, uh, someday inspired Jojo Pion, Danny and Vulcan. I was like, man, what a meme. And then I went, looked and saw my own votes and I voted for someday inspired Jojo Pion, Danny and Vulcan. And I was like, Oh, ah, this is I the, mean, uh, this is the lineup I voted for. I just did. You don't realize you're not thinking you're thinking about it roll by roll in the moment. And you don't really think about it, which is honestly probably the best way to go about it. It's the more mm -hmm. honest way, right? But yeah. it is it is kind of funny that it ends up happening. And this is not the first time where we've had either four or five or even five out of five from a team be up there for LCS and LEC. So I don't know. Yeah. I um, I put a tweet out kind of talking about the different biases that you get because not only is there that portion of it, there's the people who, you know, say get in on name value. And I was talking about like when people get in on perceived name value, it's funny that people blame things like narratives and whatnot, but like that would presumably be a shot at the casters and analysts and media and the people who are spinning the narratives and not the pros. But then when you look at the pro player and coaches votes, they are often some of the most aligned with this supposed name bias, people like yeah. core JJ and whatnot, um, getting votes like that. And when you talk about four players from the best team in the league, it would have been five if you just used pro player and LCS coach votes. It would have been all EG if I if I'm counting this correctly. Um, maybe Berserker would have stolen it from from Danny, uh, but I'm pretty sure it's still Danny. I mean, so like is... you would have had just the entire EG lineup as the first team all pro. No, it's so uh, true. Is... Oh, go ahead. I'm gonna say this is not a shot at pros and coaches in case it sounds like that because my point is just that like. The, the things that fans get upset about and then try to assign blame to, like, don't even match reality if you had just taken one second to check where these votes are coming from. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, like, the everyone has different biases. Players go off who they're playing against. And if you're getting shit on in scrims by EG, every fucking scrim set, and they're top of the league in the LCS, like, you probably feel really bad playing against these guys, so you think they're really good, so you give them the most votes. Uh caster bias is that we only see what the camera shows us so we don't see trading patterns we don't know what it feels like 
we have a bias towards big plays, you could argue, because of that, maybe. Like, there, there's a lot of factors that go into the voting. And I sympathize with fans' perspective that it's probably not true that EG has four of the five best players in the league or five of the five best players in the league straight up in their position. Um, and I don't know how to solve the problem of just best team gets all the awards because it does feel troll to me a little bit. Um, but I also don't think you can identify because fans always go, don't let the media vote or don't let fans vote or don't let casters or pro players vote. And it's like, who the fuck's going to vote then? You just, you have a problem with every group because you don't like the results. And I understand the results sometimes feel underwhelming, but like, I haven't heard a solve yet and I don't have a good one. I, so I was going to say, it's, it's uh, to get bigger. We have to it, be, because like the NBA has so many players, unless the LCS grows to a size where we just have that much talent, like some of the regions, yeah. then... That's the solve. And, and that's one of the things I said online as well when I was responding to Hunter about it, where I was like, well, it's a lot easier to believe that the best team in the league doesn't have all the talent when there's 30 teams in the league as opposed to 10. And 10% of your games are against that best team versus like sometimes your best teams don't even fucking play each other in football until yeah. the postseason or something. Yeah. I uh, um, I was going to say really quickly, uh, just to, sorry, Raz. It is the funniest thing in the Reddit threads because, yes, People will constantly dog on the media, and I get it because sometimes you look and you're like, they wow, have the worst troll, troll votes usually. Yes, they have the like worst troll player. votes because there's usually some outlet from somewhere that just voted for people that all come from their country. They or speak French. Like I love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Soul is um, top is the best top laner. But it's but it's so funny because <laughs> people will hone in on that single outlet and be like. Eh absolutely disgusting that this happened and then yeah it's like but then okay fine you remove that and you would never think that or you remove all the media and it makes it way worse than people even expected so it's just very funny you were gonna say Raz? um yeah the the media does have some of the most troll votes but i don't i think the current um the current system is the best you can refine it like i think the current refining process is like when it comes to specific media votes you should not be handing it out to people that don't watch the league um, there are a few, there are a few people, I'm not going to say names cause I don't like pitchforks that I was like, I'm pretty sure they don't watch the league. Like I see, I read, I, I will read a lot of, um, like articles like LPL, L, LCS, LEC at times, like depends. Right. Um, and I'm like, I've not seen LCS content from the X person and they're voting. And their vote's awful. It's like, I think we should only give it to people that watch the games, guys. And also co-streamers. I think it, it was one of the casters that mentioned it in um, the green room when we were talking. Um, but, like, absolutely. Yeah. Like, co-streamers should be able to vote. They're the ones watching the games. There are going to be some that don't watch LCS at all. Obviously, make the make sure that the ones who are watching the league the most There's definitely the some people that do vote. not watch on the days they don't co-stream. Yes. But it would, hey, it would be better than what we're currently getting uh, with like some of the media votes. But this is the best system. The worst thing I want that would happen is people knee jerk it, like LEC, and make it so it's a community vote. And so now we have to have Adam in the like as one of the best top laners in the league, which didn't make any sense. Okay, you got thirty. It's it's proven you cannot give fans a tangible portion of the vote because yeah. otherwise Yao Ming is like in the NBA yeah. playoff thing until he retires. Yeah. Well, I think there's uh, like a difference between All-Star and All-Pro, right? So All-Star, vote for whoever, right? Whatever name you want to vote for, great. No, All-Star was their All-Pro and it was it oh, was trolled. Jesus. And the same thing happened with LAC. Right. G2 won everything because... There was a player, I think uh, Zaza Pachulia, who literally won 
it got into the All-Stars when he like averaged five points a game because of all of Georgia. Specifically, like the country Georgia voted. Hey, we got to so we got to wrap the call, the but I want to get 30 so seconds. Get, Yao Ming was good before his feet exploded. Okay, we don't need to talk about Yao Ming Travis, or Georgia. We got 30 seconds here. I'm going to give you both point. 30 seconds to answer this because it's been talked about a ton you of chat. Numi's pushing point, it. Travis. That's Fans fine. are voting for most yeah, I know. improved, and Chad is upset about it, I think. So what do you guys think? In 30 seconds, Mark and Raz, what do you guys think about people voting for most for fans being allowed to vote on most improved? No. Fans, fans should be allowed to vote, I think, but they c collectively only count for a couple of votes. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Out of line with that. I think maybe, I, I don't know the percentage value, but lower. But I would love to hear from fans. I think it's a good idea. You just want to limit it. The I'm criteria totally. sucks, which is exactly what Papa Smithy said, and the fans are saying Dokla should 100% be allowed to think, uh, play. And the fact that play-ins is taken into consideration is a joke, but it is what it is. Uh, Dark Wonder, thank you so much for the call. I said Anything you want to shout out? Lock-ins. There it is. No, shout you guys out just like last time. And Alienware, y'all are doing awesome with this. Thank love you it so every much. week. Thank you. We'll catch you next time. Appreciate you. All right. We have one more caller to go. Mark's going to go grab them right now. Uh, does anyone know how much of the fan vote uh, is? Numi, normally it's like one or two votes compared to like the fact that there's like 40-something people that vote. So it doesn't normally change stuff. I think it will be weird if it ever changes something, but I don't think it normally doesn't. Depends. If it's close enough and it changed something, I think that's fine. Yeah. I think if it's a close enough vote. Arsh is here. Arsh, you're calling in again. Hi. Yeah. Good to have Repeat. you back on the show. Side uh, character, I guess. Where are you calling everybody from? Uh, still in Bay Area, but I move in like 24 hours, so I'm excited for that. My is this Dignitas Arsh? Yes, this is yes. Dignitas Arsh. There it is. Noted. The intern. I am so hyped. We 3 0 C9 today. I missed it. C9 Academy. We didn't, oh, true. There wasn't a series anyone missed, by the way. C9 Academy, but it was so hype. I'm such a big fan of Dios and Perry, especially like. Uh, no one cares. Get to your take. It's Academy. <laughs> We're an LCS talk okay, okay. show. Uh, my take is a little bit more complicated, but I think you guys probably would have seen it if you guys were active on Twitter. There was a lot of sentiment of like, ugh, can't even watch C9, CLG. These teams are so bad. They're just throwing back and forth, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Kari, Space Ghost, uh, brought it up, talked about it. And so I kind of got tuned into it. And then I had some other people. I saw some other people talk about it. And my take is like, this is like really stupid, right? Like the old criticism of LCS was always that it's boring and bad, right? Like, oh, like LCS, not only are they bad internationally, but they're also really boring to watch. And like, I mean, you weren't watching that series if you thought it was boring. Like you just were not. You weren't there, you were, you were watching something else. You just did not watch that series. And if you think they're bad, like sure, right? Like. LCS will perform worse internationally, but I watched LSB Gen.G, DKT1, RNG EDG, and you are absolutely lying to me if you are telling me that, like, they are not into- Dude, I watched Prince run it down under tower, like, three times. I watched Ruler completely run it. Jackie Love, like, LPL, whatever, right? Like, LPL, the greatest region in the world. All these people, like, Dom fans that are like, LPL is so good. I watched Jackie Love walk melee into a dragon after his jungler was already dead and then die. <laughs> 
And like, dude, if if like if Luger did that, Luger did that on Zeri, right? But if I don't know, if Hansama did that, that's five Reddit posts. That's top of like that's top of R slash League of Legends for the next three years. Like this is E this is EU's best ADC and he's doing this. Like I, I don't know, like whatever. Okay. LPL ADCs have great mechanics, we, but they're interest just as much as we are. Okay. We, sorry. We get your point. I'm really passionate about this, which is why No, I love this. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I just want to say of our uh, our callers, Travis. I want to say one thing, which is that in chat, Xiaoyuan uh, was saying, "Is this just um, about brain dead twi Twitter takes?" I think one of the things that I thought was very funny this weekend was I was watching the LCS and I was like, "Wow!" And I'm watching Twitch chat, and everybody's vibing it. They're all super excited. They're super into it. And then I open up a co-stream and I look at the Twitch chat it is just like night and day. Like I almost, I, I should do a video. This is actually a video I should do. We'll see if I'm not lazy enough. Where I just show the Twitch chat side by side during a play that's happening for co-streams because I think it is shocking the difference in the what the chats look like and how they're enjoying the game or not enjoying, I guess, in some situations whenever it's like side by side for the same moment. It is actually hilarious. And so I think that's part of it, quite frankly, is like uh, from what from I did not watch all the co-streams. I'm not trying to make like a blanket statement. I do believe there was a bit of a difference in terms of the general appreciation of this match or the matches this past weekend versus what the co-stream takes were on the on the matches. So I think it's not just limited to brain dead Twitter takes to answer the, the chat person. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with this. But, okay, I'll just point to the fact of my agreement. So the agreement is, you know, when I casted LPL, it's very clear when you look at the sentiment from the community that it's very positive, right? People will love the names of the shy, rookie, um, you know, Jackie Love, like you just mentioned, like all of these guys, like it, it's there. Everybody loves them. And so, and the plays that make it to Reddit will always be the the complete mechanical outplay one v five, and then. But you're like, wait a minute. There's clearly the other side where you just the enemy team completely ran it down. Yeah. In every way, or Jackulov, who there is always the playmaking that he does. But yeah, he runs it down a lot. Like, the, and so, yes, uh, because of the reputation of the region internationally. People are more willing to go in on the players, on, on the teams, and talk about them extremely critically, uh, unreasonably critically, like for no, like in the moment, just because it's like, hey, North America is bad, or Brazil is bad, or Turkey is bad. Therefore, I can just rip on these individual players in this moment when literally every region, every player in the fucking world will make these mistakes. So I, I think. The answer is like, yes, I completely agree. But then, of course, you're going to get the pass if you are a world champion team doing this. Like if you make, if you troll once or twice because you're still the, you know, everybody knows you're still the better player or the better team. So I understand it. It is what it is. Yeah, I feel like the, the reality is like, yes, we are fourth of four of the major regions until we prove otherwise. I don't think the gap is as big as it's sometimes painted. Um, but is what it is. And so, like, I, I, it is a bit of a losing argument to be like, the shy runs it down or this guy runs it down. Like, yeah, every, every, every game's going to be a little int, but of course, those are better teams. So you're not going to like convince anyone of that. But like, it was a hype series. Like, whether or not yeah. you can say it was like, yeah. 
the best executed series sure of course not but like it was very fun um and to travis's point this was one of the few times i saw this sentiment there's 152 upvoted um comment in in the post game thread being like shit was so hype i had to get off the co-streams because they were making it a snoozer and so like <laughs> and then there was like a conversation that followed that and this was one of the few times i'd seen the sentiment and so i do think it it's not just like hey but also like i think this is something that co-streamers themselves probably want to like adjust like if a series is hype and fun you not seeming to have fun doesn't endear like it's like the too cool for school attitude when everyone else is having fun you know no, and then people are just like get get off your high horse and enjoy it because it, it is fun and no, you I've trying been... so hard to not have fun makes it just weird i've been thinking about that a lot because i feel like people i mean some people just want to trash on stuff no matter what right but mm -hmm. like and like making fun of the plays is a one thing sure sure but i do think what is interesting is sentiment around the people are still like worried about the viewership right but i do think sentiment around the lcs has been shifting people are more excited about the broadcast people are more excited about the content that's coming about it i think one person even said that it started to stop sucking uh, the broadcast specifically and so <laughs> i mark not paying attention um and so i uh i, I think it is it's interesting to see if co-streaming can keep up with the meta because like Okay, yeah, sure, sure. Shit on the teams whenever you think they're not doing well. I, I, nobody's probably going to push super hard against that. But, like, you, if if it's going to continue to be just, like, dog on the broadcast nonstop, I think it's going to become harder for co-streamers to, to do that versus keeping the, like, stick, keeping up with, like, what the actual sentiment is, which is, like, hey, people are starting to feel like, the people that are watching the LCS are starting to feel like the show is good and that it's getting better. And so I think it's going to be harder and harder to just continue to be like, oh my God, this is so cringe. Um, anyway, Arsh, thank you for the call. Anything thank you want you. to say before we say goodbye? Um, shout out to the NA Amen Discord server that I'm on with a bunch of other like people who are on like League Twitter and stuff. Uh, they helped me come up with this take. Like, you know, we were just talking about it and I was like, yeah, true. The other thing we we're talking about was like, if the Danny Penta happened in LCK, just be hype there would be no qualifier i don't know but um yeah shout out to them shout out to academy team again i'm gonna go see proving grounds finals now in person for sure uh and yeah i'm hoping to see all of you guys at L lcs because i might be able to see you there uh, yeah i'm gonna be at lcs finals. too i'm going to lcs three times the next two weeks oh, i'm gonna it. dodge you every time <laughs> i'll see mark and i'll hide i'll hide behind the nearest <laughs> trash can yeah <laughs> just better, no. not, better not see your ass i'll have the security throw you out <laughs> Have, no, a, have a good one. Thanks for turns. calling in, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Appreciate you, Arsh. See ya. All right, I have an announcement to make. That uh -oh. I, not, I love doing these without telling Mark. Um, so, on next week's episode, everyone retiring because <laughs> we are going to have uh, the new LCS commissioner, Jackie Felling, on for what I believe is her first ever like public appearance of this type. She's done like a bunch of Reddit stuff, but she's never really done any shows or interviews or anything like that. So uh, I'm hoping that the Hotline League community will be welcoming to her, especially since this is the first time she's done something like this. Uh, obviously, that does not mean that we can't have critical takes. I'm sure a lot of you guys have things that you want to see change for next year or some questions or whatever. Uh, so be sure to show up with those or your hot takes. 
but uh, I am I am hoping that people can at least be respectful. I think um, yeah. people need to be respectful. But when she comes on and we start the show, everyone needs to boo her in Twitch chat because this is a tradition. We we did it to Greeley. It's what you do in sports. So you're you're, you're the only when one that does out. this. No, it's all over sport. It's just a sporting I, tradition. I'm not that sure if we have ever booed Greeley in Hotline League chat. I booed the. I at, at the you draft. Did it I did as scouting grounds during the draft. You would I, you would be the only I, person doing this. There's a lot more viewership there than there is. <laughs> I'm just saying this is not some Hotline League tradition. So Mark we, is pushing the pro booing. I'm pretty sure. Sentiment. I would actually go back and check. I'm pretty sure when Greeley came on, I booed him again. Well, guys. Uh, if anybody's wondering why it is that Mark has a hard time getting broadcast time and, you know, if next year he comes on, he's like, I'm going down with this ship. This is the hill I Hours got We're cut again. Uh, there you go. So anyway, but yeah, it should be pretty fun to have her on. So please get your, you know, start thinking of your takes. If there's something that you've been thinking about for a long time uh, that you want to talk about with regards to the LCS, would love to have you call in and talk about the stuff. Again, please do it respectfully. You guys have always been really good about that, so I'm not too worried, but... Um, yeah, that's definitely, I think, one of her, her first times doing this. So that one's going to be a banger for sure. Yeah, it's going to be, be fun. As uh, long as Travis doesn't ambush. I'm just saying, Travis. Gun pointed at your head. Travis, the hard-hitting investigative journalist interviewer. Everyone's sweating when they sit down across Travis. Yeah, because I'm going to ask them, gonna... I'm going to say, what is, what is this country? And then they're going to look like idiots because they don't know. Oh, wait. J Jackie's in, ch in chat. This is the perfect time to ask. We can just ask ahead of time. Is it okay if we boo you at the very beginning? Not me, not us as the host, but if Twitch <laughs> chat boos you. Because it's just a commissioner tradition in sports. Mark, boss, can I, can I boo you? <laughs> I shouldn't have asked for, for permission, but you know. But boss. <laughs> I told is her so. Is it okay if we... I was like, I was like, please do not. Uh, I was like, my advice to you, just don't look at Twitch chat. Don't have it open. And she was like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to be able to avoid doing that. So um, I, I don't know. I'm hoping, I'm hoping people are nice. Uh, Jackie conveniently not answering your question, Mark. Okay. Anyway. Well, then I didn't hear no. I think you've had your, I think you've got. But Travis, answer. you know what will happen if people ain't nice? You know what I have? Fuck, do I have a sword in my house? I was going to say, I have a sword. I have a green sword. You're going to pull a weapon? I'm very sorry. I have a green sword. All right. I, I Jackie, wish I actually had a sword. Now Jackie I have to said, buy a wait, sword. what was the question? The, the question was, is it okay when you when we start the show if we have Twitch chat boo you? Because it's a tradition for commissioners to get booed by their fans when they come out for like she public says, speaking yes, or whatever. Before you answer, you before, Jackie, before you answer, can you just say. Yeah, exactly. No, can you say, don't answer right now. Just say. Ask that. Ask that again. Just to him. Just that's a who am I All right, Raz. What do you want to Why? shout out uh, at the end of the show here? What do you want to plug? Uh, you know, shout out to the LCS, um, to uh, Travis Gafford, to Mark Zimmerman, um, to that banging new Alienware PC that I will be getting in a week's time. Boom! It's gonna be fun. My current PC. I'm surprised it didn't happen yet. But it, it literally blue screens and like is it's, it's what it is. It was this actually very cool. Yeah, yeah Raz reached out to me. Drop, yeah, go on, go on. No, you go. Okay, I was just saying because like my current PC is amazing, but 
I may have spilled <laughs> on it last year, and it has since created problems. So, new one's gonna be beautiful. But no, it was really cool because Raz reached out to me last week and was like, "Hey Travis, what's your Alienware code?" And uh, and he actually did order a very expensive PC uh, using using my link to make sure that I got I got a code of that. So that's the the great thing about Raz is. He comes on the show all the time. I don't pay him. Then he goes and purchases the sponsor products to make sure I can get paid. So it works out really well. Uh, it is. Mark, what do you want to talk or what do you want to shout out? Uh, nothing. Just uh, She-Hulk, I guess. Um, oh, I, uh, I, I I put out a tweet uh, where I butchered the uh, Proto-Pro and I just made Zven look like the biggest asshole possible. Yes. Oh, you by did. like shitting on his teammates and cutting high off and like just saying ridiculous stuff. It was uh, really fun to make. Yeah, I saw that and I was uh, I was impressed. Uh, it looks like it did pretty well too. So, yeah, uh, I want to shout out uh, all of you. I'm pretty sure last week was the most viewership that my YouTube channel has gotten all year long. Uh, I guess because people are really enjoying the new content. So uh, I want to thank everybody for doing that. Uh, that is, you know, I'm glad that you guys are liking it. Subscribers have been growing again. It feels like nature's healing over on my YouTube channel. So thanks everyone for the support. Are you okay, Raz? We'll just no, I'm fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Breaking <laughs> into your home? <laughs> no, nothing. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, thanks everyone uh, for watching. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, Commissioner Jackie on the show. Stick around. I will tease. I'll show you guys an assembly of the uh, next episode of Surprise Test on stream. That's one of the benefits of watching live. And, uh, yeah, thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next week.